Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 25. On today's episode, we review Paladins of the West Kingdom and we dive back into the Board Game Geek Top 250, numbers 125 to 101. We're your hosts. Get Ryan here. Michael. And Tim. So you guys might be wondering, we're changing things up a little bit today. We're going to try to shorten the episode, see what kind of feedback we get. And we've been uh, listening to some of the emails we've been getting on the show. So we're going to do one review um, this episode. We're going to do recent plays always, one review, and then this one we're going to do the board game Geek. So we'll either have a table talk at the end or we'll do uh, our top 10 list or whatever we're doing. We're going to see how that works for a little while. And we're... Definitely looking into possibly changing it again, see how it goes. So. Yeah, we'll give it a shot for a bit and uh, see what kind of feedback we get and then uh, kind of go from there or, or maybe even see how we feel about it, you know? Maybe uh, maybe you'll get lucky and we'll double up the episode. We'll do like six reviews. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> like seven hours. I don't know if I could handle I, that much nah, time with you. That'd yeah, be, I'm uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd need a nap. We gotta take a little nap break between <laughs> a little rollout mat laying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> we could just rotate like hosts. Okay, you're gonna host the first review. I'm gonna nap. Michael's gonna yeah, take go in shifts. Yeah, I'm gonna take shifts. <laughs> oh boy. So let's get into some of the recent plays. Tim, anything new for you lately? I do have a new game, a new play, however you wanna say it. What do you got? I played Aeon's End. Okay. Second okay. edition. So the first game in the Aeon's End line, but a second edition of it. Correct. And you were saying they updated the art, so it wasn't that just awful looking. Yeah, because I guess that was the biggest complaint with the first edition was the just the bad art. Well, I think when the second edition came out, I think it was called War Eternal. It just looked ten times better. So I was like, yeah, we need to update the art on the first edition. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure the timeline of all that stuff. But anyways, I have second edition. The art's really nice on it. Um, So if you're not familiar with Aeon's End, how it works is a deck building game. You are playing a breach mage, I believe they're called. What's a breach? (laughs) A breach? Well, let me tell you what a breach is. It's a cooperative deck building game. Everyone's working together to defeat the big bad monster. And basically, this monster is the enemy and you are... Your breaches are where you cast your spells to attack the monster. Depending on your hero, I think typically the game that I played, I played solo, but it was I had two breach mages, Ryan. And so everyone's a breach mage? Or? Yes. Okay. Each of mine had four breaches or portals or whatever that I could cast the spells into, but you have to unlock them. So you always start with one unlocked and then you can spend the in-game currency to rotate them and basically every time you rotate them they get a little cheaper to finally unlock i don't remember how much it is to unlock them so basically the currency you're using you can better your breaches or open them you can buy different cards from the card supply there's is the card supply is it kind of like a normal deck builder where there's like where there's a card row and then it replenishes, you see what's out there, or is it kind of set for the whole game? It's set for the whole game. Okay. So kind of like Thunderstone, okay. where you have like a randomizer. Okay, so it's not always the same ones. Right. Okay. But you have, I think, three gems 
if I remember right, as far as what they're called. But basically, your starting cards are, you know, they give you one buying power per card. These ones up it, so maybe one of them you can buy, you can put on the top of your deck right away, and it's going to give you two buying power when you draw that card. And then that's just one, but there's like three of those. There's a couple of them that are like, um, they're like trinkets, and what they give you like little special abilities that you can play on your turn. And then the last, and then the last group of cards you can buy are spells, and that's how you deal damage to the bad guys. So the interesting part of this game is that after you play your cards, you basically get to decide what order you're going to discard them in. Or say if your draw pile runs out, you take your discard pile, you don't shuffle it, you just flip it over and then draw off the top. So you can kind of manipulate and set up your hands in a way, kind of like City of Iron. Strategy to how you're... Yeah, so that way you... Not just randomly shuffling and drawing your stuff and right. spraying and praying, hoping you get the right cards. You can plan ahead and combo stuff together. Yep, and- yep. So there's that. Uh, you know, that's really unique. Each Breach Mage has their own special ability where you can spend two on your turn to basically get these little charges. Once you have all of your charges, you can basically swipe them all and do like a big special ability. Like okay. One of them I had was... When the bad guy draws a card, you can basically cancel it. Or the other one was any player can draw four cards on their turn. So all of them are different. I haven't looked at them all. So are you basically just running two players, basically, playing that's, solo? Yep, that's okay. that's what I was doing. I could have, I think I could do it where I just play one, but I wanted to see how yeah, they worked. worked yeah. and, Working together or whatnot. Yeah, because a lot of the cards that are in the buying row they are, oh, another player draws a card, or also everyone's starting hand is different as well. It tells you exactly what your, what's in your starting deck, but then also what's in your starting hand. So that's also different. And then the other unique thing is that the turn order, it's you don't go around the table. You actually have a draw deck. So the only cards you shuffle is this turn order deck. So at the after someone takes a turn, you basically draw the next card. It tells you who goes, whether it's one, two, or the nemesis or the bad guy. Uh, so that's pretty unique, too, because you just never know. It adds a little, we don't want this bad guy to go twice in a row, so we can't stop yeah. it. But it adds a little tension there. And then when the bad guy goes, or the monster goes, you draw a card from this nemesis deck. And sometimes it's sometimes the monster will get like an ally and they affect different in-game conditions. Sometimes the monster attacks. So basically the monster's trying to attack this this little town. So you got this little ticker and you're ticking down health and stuff like that. So yeah, that's kind of the, uh, just a brief kind of jumbled run through of that. (laughs) So is it a campaign game or are they one-offs or you can do both? Those are all one-offs. So okay. there is an Aeon and Legacy. Okay. I have not looked into that. Obviously, I'm just getting into yeah. the base game. So you could just play it one-offs. I can basically pick the Nemesis. We can okay. pick our Breach Mages. And then we shuffle the randomizers, and we just go at it. How okay. tough was it? I mean, I know you only played one game, so you're kind of just feeling it out. Well, I won. So I'm a little proud of myself there. It doesn't happen very often. So, so it's, it's super easy. So it's an easy game. 
Well, I played against the easiest, the you know, the one they recommend and Okay. The guy who makes terrible mistakes that are obvious and well <laughs> super weak. Yeah. <laughs> but they also so when you first open the box it it gives you like, okay, open pack A. This is where you set up pack A, open pack B, this is how you set it up. So it basically teaches you how to play your first game, how to set it up, and then how to play it. So it does set up the Nemesis deck in a certain order. It tells you not to shuffle it. It just open it up out of the pack, set it down. So they probably set it up so it's a little easier as you're going. Like, you see, know, I don't you want know. that, though. I want. I mean, I don't want it to be... Well, you're never going to see that. Impossibly. I know. But like the first time you play, you want you don't want to win. You want to like feel like... You don't just get completely trounced, but you don't want to win. Well, I don't mind getting completely smoked the first time no, you play like a fine. solo one at least. Yeah. But like co-op games, I yeah. always you always want to lose three quarters of the time or over half the time, I'd say. Well, at least when you're feeling it out and trying to get a good strategy down. Yeah. It take you a few games. I will say I I took it more as a I'm just going to learn the game. Yeah. And just because I'm playing two different hands of cards mm-hmm. and this and that. So I, I wasn't on. taking it too seriously. So is this now the game you're going to pick to uh, play to the death? Mm. You haven't lost. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how game number two goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Let's um, let's wait on that. I don't want to jump that Once gun. Once you start shuffling the, uh, the Nemesis deck up a little bit. Right. <laughs> Loses in three turns. Yeah. <laughs> But when you do finally shuffle that up, it does have it does go in stages. So it's like, okay, these are stage one nemesis cards. These are stage two and three. So you do, you know, stack the worst ones on the bottom in a certain sense. So, okay. yeah, so far, I will say I really enjoyed it. Really looking forward to another play with more people or by myself, whichever, whichever comes first. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think you guys. I think Ryan, you might like it. Yeah. So I'm not. You know, I'm not the biggest deck building fan, but I do like the aspect where it's similar to City of Iron. There, where you pick like how you discard your cards and you yeah. plan ahead like that. That yeah. part I like seems interesting. A, I like that. Control. Where it's more, yeah, more control. It. Not that all of them have to be that way, but I, you know, I think more of them should be like just so you can you know influence a little bit. Yeah. And, and I did feel like. Luck. You know, instead of, oh, you have your in-game currency and you can only spend it on the buy row, I felt like it gave you more options. more options. Because, you know, you have your own special ability you can build up. You have your own breaches that you can manipulate and move around. So there was, it felt like there was just more options. More choices, yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's one thing with, like, some deck builders, too, is, like, there's not a ton of choices sometimes. Like, well, I can buy one of these... Oh, and you look at the row things, too. It's it. like, well, I have that much money. This is easily the best card for me. There's yeah, no this like, the only one that tough choice. So, yeah, thing. too many times it seems like that becomes the case often. So yeah, if you come up to me with a Batman Snuggie trench coat and offer me to try it out, I might just uh, take that chance. Oh man, I want a Batman Snuggie trench coat. <laughs> How does that <laughs> work? Awesome. So a trench coat would obviously cover your back. I don't actually know you... what a sn- I just know that Snuggie's like a giant like well, robe, isn't it? Yeah, it, well, it goes in the front, so your arms oh, go into it, it. There's nothing in the back. There's no back. Yeah, right. Oh. It's like a blanket <laughs> that you like as a head hole. So it's like assless chaps, kind of, but it's just like a full body. Suit yeah, with no back, just backless. Right. It's like a backless <laughs> sleeping bag. It's really <laughs> with arms. <laughs> You've never seen that? I got that well, sitting upstairs. Well, I've seen like the commercials, but I never 
like they got to didn't show their back where some guy's butt cheeks are just hanging out <laughs> like a bunch of back hair well, or something. There's a reason they don't show that in commercials. <laughs> I just assumed it was like a full body, like a glorified robe that was like a fleece blanket or something is what I thought it always was. No, man. What? How long has Snuggies been out? Like long time. How is it that you're just now figuring this out? I mean, who has a who like uses a snuggie? Me. Lots of people. I got that Batman snuggie. I've never upstairs. seen That's why were... when I've been at anybody's house. I've never seen anyone ever use it. I see your I snuggie think... laying there, filled with like dog, pet hair. Yeah, but... I, I think a lot of people may be embarrassed to wear you know wear them in public. <laughs> So, <laughs> where to work? Yeah. So if you have to go number two, they're useful. But if you have to go number one, <laughs> you're like jumbling, jumbling you around. You just gotta grab the bottom and pull it up. You pull it over your head and then just <laughs> just hockey it. Hope you hit the bucket. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, we got a, what do you got for new plays, Ryan? The new one for me is me and Michael tried out the one of the Isle of Sky expansions, and that is the Druids one. That is the second expansion, and that one stays more true to the base game. So basically, everything stays the same except there's a second buy phase, which is right after the first one. So you can either pay five coins and buy a tile from the bag. You can draw two, pick one, whichever one you want to buy, and you add it to your kingdom like normal. Or you can buy off of this board, and the board up top has different costs. You pay the cost of where the tile is plus... It'll have a cost on the tile itself. And these give different things. They either give scrolls or they give you special abilities during the game, like maybe buying from an opponent costs less. Or you can take one of your own tiles so no one else can buy it. Um, maybe score a scroll again during the Just different things like that. So I do like it. It makes money that much more important during the game. I did definitely notice that where it's more valuable to get those barrels and stuff Be- like that. Because you can buy... Because you can buy more than... Yeah. You can actually buy an extra tile each round, so it makes that... Because there was a, probably two rounds where I didn't... Two or three rounds where I didn't buy anything, because I was like, oh, crap, you know, I priced my stuff too high. I don't have enough to buy from those type of thing. But I liked it. Yeah, I wouldn't probably... I mean, you'd be fine introducing it to somebody right away, but it just adds a little more time because, you know, there's that second buy phase and stuff. But I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, I look forward to playing with it a couple more times to see how I feel in the long run about it. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I, I liked it. It was a good addition. It wouldn't be one that I feel like you'd need to use every time. Yeah. Um, but I did like it. Um, I like There's some variety in those cards you could purchase too and the cost is some of those are pretty different in cost like somewhere mm-hmm. zero plus whatever you know somewhere like seven or eight um so that was kind of you know interesting the the difference in cost for them i did realize i had the one where if it was on if you're first you can instead of you know giving the other person the option to buy two you could just pick one up and until the last round of the game i didn't my brain didn't click that why am I putting a $3 cost in this one I'm going to pick up anyways? Why don't I just put it at one and save myself $2? Like, so I, I cost myself a little bit of money there by being stupid. So not yeah. a problem with the expansion, though. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a mean <laughs> issue. I have a question. So I would think that this game plays maybe a little better at higher player it's, counts. It's definitely better at higher player counts. I haven't played with four or five, I don't think, but I could... Definitely, it's going to be better. Okay, because you guys played at two players, what you were saying, right? With the expansion, yeah. yeah. Okay. I played a bunch of games with three, but yeah, it's definitely going to be better with more people. You're just seeing more tiles and Yeah, it stuff gives you like more that. options to kind of buy from people. Yep. 
Yeah, more things to look at, like what you're gonna buy, and you're know, looking at other people might get them from yours. So I, it is improved when it's what's more. I I yeah. like it at two, but it's definitely better at. Yeah. At least three is better. I'm sure. I don't know if three is, four, four is better yeah. than three or not. Not sure. Five maybe five's too many, but it'd probably be all right. Be. But I don't know. I'm guessing four is a sweet spot for it. But yeah, it's it's better with more people. Well, I played a a new game here. Uh, it was Grand Austria Hotel. That was a good one. I like the uh, you, know, you have the different. I don't know the the terms for some of these, but you have the the you know the different um, rooms that you open up um, and then put guests in them. You know, try to close it off different ones. Yeah, so you gotta like some colors and you that. gotta feed I don't know if you want to kind of explain it a little bit and then. Yeah, so you're rolling the dice and they are determining your actions. Um, so let's say you're rolling ten dice, and whatever numbers they are, you group them all together by their number, and that's gonna represent different actions. Whether it's getting some food, getting some drink, um, opening new rooms, uh, getting money, or moving up on this emperor track or playing some of your uh, employee cards, which give you in-game abilities or in-game points. And then there's also the six is kind of a wild. You have to pay money to take the six, but the power of the action could be any other action that you want with however many sixes are there. Because you roll the dice and then draft them, correct? Yeah, so let's, yeah, let's say there's four twos, and I take one of the twos. I get to do that number two action four times because that's how many dice are there. At the time you take it. At the right? time okay. you take it. And then you take yeah. one of those dice away, and then the next person goes. Yeah, okay. And then you kind of snake draft where, say, I'm first. I'm also going to be the last person. We're in a three-player game, so I was going first and sixth in that yep. situation. And you're taking different guests, which then they have requirements. They want a certain amount of food or drink to fulfill their order. And then after that, you can put them in a room, depending on what color they are. That's a color room they can go into. Which gets you different things, points, money, Emperor Track, yeah. things like that. Yeah, the Emperor Track is kind of like in Renzo Il Magnifico, the um, religion the religion track or the excommunication thing. Yep. I know when I was, you know, just kind of planning out, like, because you get, you know, was it four, four or five, you know, special the actions? Employee, oh, the additional actions? Are you talking? Yeah, the, um, not the guests, the, you know, the employees. Employees? Or they are. Okay. Yeah. So when I was kind of planning out like, our right, which one of these to take, and then I had all of mine, and then, you know, looking at the different, you know, guess what they're going to require. Like in my head, I thought I was going to be able to do a lot more in it. You know, it took the, you know, the employee that whenever you fill up one that has four requirements, oh, okay. but like, well, then I'm also going to use these employees. But it was like, wait, there's no way I can get all this stuff done in like yeah. three <laughs> turns to get all these things out to help myself with it. So mm-hmm. I think playing a couple more times, you're just more comfortable with you know, the number of actions yeah. you get. Because it's, you know, you get two actions a turn, so it's not like it's a ton, and, you know, you don't always get to do what you do, because I know the the first two rounds, I don't think we, it was a four or something like that, we didn't get a single four, mm-hmm. you know, out of the 12 dice, either of the first two times. Yeah, and, so, and you can take sixes yep. to help mitigate that, or you can pass, and then once everyone has taken a turn, you get rid of a dice, you re-roll a dice, so you might get the number that you're looking for. Yeah. And I do like that too. there's some mitigation like that with the sixes, with the re-rolling, if, yeah. if there's something you need. Yep. Um, and then I like the different requirements that the uh, the guests have. The I, I do like the, the green as well, where it's wild. wild. Yeah. Otherwise, you're trying to fill one up and, you know, seven, eight cards in a row go by and you can't ever get one. Yeah, you that, need one more yellow. I had that problem early it. where no yellows hardly showed up and I opened a bunch of yellow rooms to start and I was like, okay, yeah. some green ones came out, so I got... 
have a chance to fill them up and whatnot. One thing I think is annoying is so the employees, it's in a foreign language, which is fine, but it's in cursive and you can't, it's like a really <laughs> weird font where it's really hard to read yeah, the cursive letters to are... look up in the rule book what that employee yeah, like, is ability that a P? is. Is that a, and it's not in English. So you, it's tough yeah. to like understand what the word is. So yeah. like trying to look for like just kind of scrolling through looking like <laughs> I don't know this one ends in this so I can read that part so trying to figure it out and, and I think it kind of has that typical Luciani design where you just can't get as much done as you want to get done and, I certainly noticed it <laughs> and resources and everything is always tight um, yeah you can get a surplus of say money but then you're sacrificing something else like maybe you don't have enough rooms open or enough uh, food or drinks things like that yeah, I know it. It seemed, and it was kind of interesting how with the the two different goods, like there's the the wine is with coffee, coffee, and then cake the and the strudel, cake and strudel together. together. Like you had to take, you know, say however much you had to take at least as much wine as coffee. So it was a little bit tougher to get the coffee. And then I, there's one point I noticed that like we all had. You know, Yumi and Sarah all had at least three wine because there weren't many of the guests that required wine. So we kept building up, and you have to take that to be able to get the coffee that you need. So you just mm -hmm. just all kind of sitting there, not doing much. But yeah, so this is my first time playing at three player. I've never played at four. I don't know that I would want to. Um, I played at two quite a bit, and this is the first time at three. So how the actions work is it's a serpentine or snake draft. So let's say it's a three-player game it's me tim and michael i'm gonna take one action tim's gonna go second michael's gonna go third fourth tim's gonna go fifth and then i'm gonna go last so when you're playing with three it can be quite for that first player it can be some downtime when you're waiting for basically four other actions to go before you get to go again mm -hmm. it wasn't too bad you know i think playing it again now that no, been a, I understand, you know the rules now and everything. Yeah. So. I would still do it again with three, but with two, it's like really solid. It's just it's a really good two-player midweight Euro game, I feel. But I'd still play it with three. I, four, that'd be pretty rough waiting that long, going first and eighth, Yeah, I think. Because it's not I, always something where like you're there and you're picking something right away. It takes you a little bit yeah. time to, to think of. At least me is my first game, so Yeah, I'd want to I'd, 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 I'd just pick something else, you know. This is a 2-3 player game at most. It's been over a year since I last played it, yeah, and I've only he, played it once. I think you just played it with me once. I remember enjoying it, and you know, I liked how like you said how the actions work where you roll the dice. You're basically snake drafting those dice for your actions. I I, mm -hmm. I did like that quite a bit. So I would, uh, I would say I'm disappointed in you that you yeah. haven't you haven't been that guy in the trench coat, you know, I, presenting I me showed with. It, I showed it to you once. Once, yeah, just once though. Just you a, pick it. Just a little tease. Yeah, but according to Ryan, I can't pick it at more than three. You can pick it at two or three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I also played uh, Fields of Arla as a solo. Fields solo of Arl. Arla. Is it Arla or Arl? Yeah, it's Arla. Yeah, check it out. Let us know. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, I played that solo. That The rules are all the same. The only thing is, obviously, it's just one person, but the you can't do the 
the say you're in summer, you can't do the one winter action. <laughs> Just one person. You got that right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's you basically can do what you want in the game. Like I didn't mind it that time because I, you know, it's not like I've mastered the game or anything, but. If you wanted to, it's basically just how many points you can get. And I think if you could math it out, if you really wanted to, and just like, this is the most efficient with no one blocking you. Yeah, ma- mathing out the most efficient spreadsheet. like. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it would be more, what I would enjoy more is, well, trying a different strategy and see how well I could do with a different strategy. Or the other thing I was thinking is just maybe kind of doing my own personal house rule where just do something where, you know, maybe roll a dice and that's where, you know, just a the action place. Takes. Yeah, just like the other person. Not, not that they actually do it, but just that action spot then is unavailable. Then I go, and then a new spot that's unavailable just c- to kind of simulate that so I yeah. can just do whatever I want. I think, yeah, that definitely help. So you're not just formulating what the best... Strategy with no one blocking yeah, anything. Yeah, or the, the different various strategies, what the best way to go about that each game is i mean there's some randomization with the buildings that come out but the actions yeah. are all going to be the same it's just going to be a puzzle puzzling out what the best route to go is yeah so i, I do i did i did enjoy it and i think just with a little tweak and not that i could figure out the the exact most math you know efficient yeah. way to to do that but a little just just to make it more like the like the, you know with competition with an actual opponent we go to his house he's got like the the map up on his wall with like the little yarn lines everywhere which action to take yeah, one kind of uh, different equations <laughs> yeah. up there on a chalkboard <laughs> yeah yeah just um, scribblings all over the place we did play our second two-player game of it too and i gotta say i really enjoyed it inched up just a little bit more for me as well it was it was good i didn't uh, improve with my score at all but <laughs> I, I did. I feel like I went with a, a worse strategy. <laughs> I just like, wanted to try something different, and think, it did not work. I think you got what? It was just like a point or a half a I point think it was less one or something. Point less, but yeah. typically how it goes. I don't get better, you know, the first next couple of plays. I have still not played it. Wow. How You'd do you like feel about that? Hurt, <laughs> I think is the word. It was meant to. Uh, Michael's going to get a Snuggie coat on for you. Yeah. So going back a little bit, Michael... Uh, to Grand Austria, which do you like? I know you've only played them once or twice, but what do you like better, Grand Austria Hotel or Lorenzo Il Magnifico? Uh, definitely would have to play again. I think I like Lorenzo more, but it's it's close, and I definitely would need another play of you know Grand Austria Hotel. Just having better idea in my head of how much you can actually accomplish in it, and kind yeah. of planning a little better that way. So I didn't feel like I halfway through the game I was like, "There's no way I'm." getting all the stuff done i planned <laughs> so i kind of you know hurt my strategy a little bit yeah but uh but definitely both good yeah, anytime you go into a luciana game you always gotta know it's gonna be a lot faster than what you think and yeah <laughs> i'm figuring that out i'm just a slow learner so i'd like to talk a little bit uh you know so it's a couple more weeks till christmas here um what kind of games maybe you want to list a few games on your guys christmas wish list talk about them a little bit Christmas, you know, Santa Claus. Yeah, comes out chimney and presents. Oh, that. Yes. Christmas. Maybe. Uh, so if you want me to start for you, you little. Well, you asked some us, out. so. All right. I have a game that's been on my wish list for some time. I would reckon it's been on there since 2016 when the game released. That is Star Wars Rebellion. Nice. Yeah, it's been on there a while. It basic. Yeah. Yeah. It's one I want to try. You know, it's been heralded as war of the ring but star wars right and i think 
The only reason why I have not pulled the trigger on it yet is because I don't know how often it would get played. I'd yeah. want to play it a lot. I know you guys would play with me, but a lot of my two-player games come, you know, with my wife, mm-hmm. and I don't know if she'd be into it, you know, a longer, you know, Star Wars space theme. Not that she's not into Star Wars, but just because it's a longer game and it's harder to get those in with the, the little chitlins running around. Yeah, those long two-player games are aren't always the easiest to make time for, and right. <laughs> and game days aren't always. It can work out sometimes, but typically those don't work out great for game days. Yeah, it's because you know. But I will say, and... if someone came down my chimney wearing a Batman snuggie, I would definitely be excited to get this game. Okay, Michael, what do you got? Well, uh, one game that I talked about um, earlier that played at uh, Gamehole Con, Yokohama. That's one I got got on the list. Enjoyed that one, so, um, and then um, been playing some Uwe Rosenberg games we all have lately, and uh, a few of those I was looking at, uh, end up with uh, having Lahav on there, and then also Agricola, I think I put Lahav a little bit ahead of it, but. Uh, You've been talking about Agricola a lot recently. I've mentioned that You've before. noticed that too, right? I've noticed it. Okay. I've noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> Just get it. <laughs> Well, it's on my Christmas. So I he's can't tr- buy it now. He's oh. trying to get someone else to get it yeah. for him. It's a lot better if someone else buys it. <laughs> that way, if he doesn't like it, he can just say, well, I didn't buy it. Yeah, that's true. I didn't waste some money. <laughs> yeah. I doubt I'll dislike it. but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try not to put stuff on there you think you're going to hate. At yeah. Least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a couple I'm going to talk about. Um, one is Twa, and that is spelled T R. T-R-O-Y-E-S. That's one I've been wanting to play for a couple, two, three years now. Dice placement game, kind of stingy, tight, a lot of interaction, Tim. So I'm not sure how you feel about it. So you have dice these placement with interaction. dice you can use. You can actually buy other people's dice and use them. Um, you got, I think there's, I can't remember. doesn't sound up your alley at all, Tim. No, it doesn't <laughs> There's at all. secret objectives that each player has, and it's kind of like, now, there's other games that do it, but Archipelago, where everyone's going to score that objective. So you might be watching, oh, I see Michael's moving up on whatever, the church track or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, okay, he must have the church objective, so I want to make sure I move up on that too to score some points at the end. So it is one I definitely want to try. Or at least be gifted. I want to be gifted. <laughs> one I'm kind of taking a flyer on. Uh-oh. So, you know, it's Christmas and it's other people buying it for you. So it's yeah. not like, uh, might like it. I'm not really sure. You could take a few more risks. Ex- exactly. It, yeah. You can, I kind of, kind of do that each year where it's like, I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll throw this on there. Okay. So that one is, you'll be proud of me here, Tim. Expedition to Newdale. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who the designer is? Please enlighten me. Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Alexander. Frister. Um, so it is, I watched the gaming rules, like playthrough of it. I didn't really like how he set it up. So he did it where he unboxed, he was doing it a little different than normal. He like unboxed it, read the rules then and there, and then they started playing rather than having it like set to go and kind of go through the rules. It just was kind of like sloggy. So I almost turned it off like five different times. Like I, I can't like watch this. I don't know. But the gameplay seemed interesting. Um, it's basically a much upgraded 
a heavier version of Oh My Goods, which was like a really light, small engine building card game. Where this one fixed some of the things in that, seemed like, and then it's kind of, you know, it's an engine building game. There's eight different maps on the board, so there's a bunch of different scenarios that you kind of play. There's a couple things I'm not really sure on. There's like a little push your luck element that I'm not quite sure on, so that's why it's on my Christmas wish list. So I'm like, eh, I'll take a flyer on it. So it's kind of like that medium, medium light range, I would say, as far as weight goes. Yeah. Another one I'm uh, thinking about to add into the old list is the the expansion for Fields of Arla, uh, the Tea and Trade expansion. Um, adds a few things. Um, one of the main things, though, is that it adds a third player. So, Tim, that probably interests you. You may want to, you know, get that for me. You know, that way it'll make it easier to come out for game days. So maybe if I got it for you, I'd actually get to play it. Yeah, that's okay. That's a good way to think of it. Let me, let me look it up. I'll make a note of it. I do wonder because it it adds a few more things, and uh, a few more things need to go in your play area, and it's already just a ginormous uh, table hog, and that's with two people and. Adds a third person, all the same things, plus some additional things like boats and things like that. So I'm not sure that there are tables big enough for a three-player game. but So three players need to play on the floor. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, it would be a tight fit, I think. On the floor? <laughs> the floor, I think you could do it. As long as it's clear, cleared off and everything. You know, okay. you got to move the furniture out. But That's yeah, fair. As long as you can do that. You guys are making me feel bad. I, I named one game, and then you guys just rattled off a whole well, stable I was of them. Just, I was going to list a few, uh, a few on my list. Well, I'll throw two more out there then. Okay. Uh, ex- more feelers. Escape Plan. Oh, nice. Yeah, I thought you'd like that, Michael. Yep. <laughs> and then Let's this, try it out. This one's my flyer game, one that okay. uh, I've been interested in. So this is your New Dale. The <laughs> <laughs> it is not New Dale. Okay. So don't get people thinking that. I didn't say that. Don't accidentally gift me New Dale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't like it, Tim? Oh. <laughs> no, but you said you wanted it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so anyways, the production quality is amazing on this game, and actually we're going to talk about it later on the top 250, and that is Too Many Bones. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It. Uh, I would... I remember seeing the booth at Origins and whatnot. Yeah, you know, just awesome. Um, the components are awesome. And all the, that. the player mats. Yeah, that are... yeah, definitely. Both their games, Too Many Bones, and now their newer one, Cloud Spire. I'd like to try them both out. I don't know like tons about them. I know they're kind of complicated, fiddly, but great production, great art, you yeah, know, all that stuff. So definitely games I'd like to try out. Yeah, so that was my flyer. That was my. Uh, it's a good flyer. Yeah. Thank you. You, get, you get the expensive flyer in there. Right. You got to throw it in there. Yep. Actually, really, I think all three of mine were kind of, uh, they're not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> now that I look at it. <laughs> cheap. Put all kinds of expensive <laughs> games on there. Well, get me something. <laughs> they're gifts. Yeah, you, gotta, you can't just not gift me something, right? <laughs> so I got a lot more on my list that I could talk about. The other one is, I've mentioned it many times, but I'm just going to keep beating that drum. That is the lock of the list. That is Through the Ages, the New Leaders and Wonders expansion. I already know I like it because I've played it on the app dozens of times. But uh, You didn't buy this yet? It's not even out yet, at least in the U.S. It's oh. supposed to be real soon here. For some Depends reason, I thought on, it was out. I checked cool stuff in Miniature Market, and it said expected in November or whatever, so it's 
probably whenever it gets over. So. Okay. Probably by the time this episode airs, it it'll could probably, be out. might be out yep. by then. Did you, <laughs> you recently got it on the app, didn't you? I did. And Have you got a chance to play it? Yeah, or? I played it a few times, and I, every time a new a new thing popped up, I was like, oh, what's that? What's that? Yeah. What does that say? What does that do? And it's just so excited. Like the first time cards came out, like the initial yeah. cards, is like looking at them quick and, you know, like, oh, I want that one. Oh, I want that one. Yep. So obviously there's the new leaders and wonders, which really does change the game a lot because those are so important to your strategy for the game yeah. and stuff. But it's kind of, I, I was surprised at how many other different, like there's some new territories, there's, once it, some new uh, packs or um, tactic cards and different, it was just interesting to see all the other little things in there. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see as well as with that, but yeah, but certainly, certainly some of those you know wonders and some of the other things definitely changes how that game's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how that works when you want to mix and match them. If you're supposed to know what's available or not or how that's going to work if they have like a placeholder in the deck or and if you'll draw the next leader like i don't know if it'll be fiddly or how that'll how it'll exactly work yeah uh, interested to see when whenever you get that <laughs> uh, i have to get somebody to get it for me for christmas though yeah. <laughs> now that it's on your list your christmas list you never know so if that wraps up our recent plays and our Christmas, Christmas talk. talk. Let's move on to our review of Paladins of the West Kingdom. Paladins of the West Kingdom was designed by Shem Phillips and S.J. McDonald and published by Garfield Games in 2019. It plays one to four players in 90 to 120 minutes. Paladins of the West Kingdom is a competitive worker placement game played over seven rounds and the player with the most victory points at game's end will win. During the game, players will start each round drawing three paladins from their personal draw pile. Choose one to put on the bottom of the draw pile, one place back on top, and one to use for the round, which will give them two workers, a special ability for the round, as well as two attribute boosts to help boost actions. Players will then turn order, take a tavern card, giving players four additional workers for the round. During the action phase, players will take one action or pass, once everyone passes, the round is over and a new one begins. Actions players might take during the game include gaining resources like silver and provisions, developing, which helps make other actions cost less workers to take for the rest of the game. Players may also take other actions that give them immediate rewards, attribute advancements, endgame scoring, and permanent special abilities. Players will be scrambling to defend their township from outsiders and the player who best represents this with the most victory points, wins. So the component quality on Paladins, what are we looking at? How do you guys feel about it? Do we want to save the 40,000-pound gorilla till after we talk about what we like? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. It. Yeah. Well, that gorilla should not be a surprise to anyone <laughs> if you've looked into this game at all. Yeah. So glossing over that, I like the quality. I think mm-hmm. it's really good. I know last game we played. Uh, so Aaron got the Kickstarter edition with the metal coins. So we've played with the metal coins and we've played with cardboard coins. And really the cardboard coins that you get in just the retail version, I thought they were really good quality. Yeah, they're good yep. metal, mm-hmm. uh, cardboard coins. Yep. 
Yeah, the cards are good. Uh, no complaints there. The player boards, you know, they're double-sided and they fold because of... They got to fit in the box. They got to fit in the box. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're nice. They're thick, thick ones. You know? but yeah. yeah. It's right. unfortunate that there's that fold there. Yeah, but I get why there is. Even if, you know, because they're longer player boards as well. Yeah. So even if it was a normal size box, I think you'd still have to fold them unless you had one of the long boxes, which yeah. they didn't want to go that direction. But, you know, I like the art as well. Um, it's basically the same art on... What, uh, you know, like Raiders of the North Sea and uh, Architects. Architects of the West Kingdom. It's that same art style. So if you like that, you're going to like this as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, I cartoony, you know, lighthearted yeah. cartoony yeah, artwork. You know, bright colors. And I think I, I really like the, the art on those games. Um, and yeah, very consistent between, you know, from those other games. I guess my only well. complaint on the art would be uh, there's a lot of dupes of characters. Like the paladins are the same for everybody, but then there's also like the townsfolk and outsiders. Some of them have the same exact art on them. Yeah. Like if one's yeah. uh, like a monk or something, it'll be the same looking monk or whatever. Yeah. I wish maybe that was unique, but that's a minor complaint, you know. If you look real close too, they also use the same characters from like Raiders of the North Sea, and uh, I know some of like the little yeah, squire guys are the same from architects to this as well so there's a lot yeah. of crossover in that all the uh wooden you know, you know the buildings and monks and the meeples and that you know workers they all they're nice good quality and yep. stuff yeah you're if you're over ridiculous but solid if you're familiar with those other games that we talked about it's pretty much the same component quality which is nice yeah so speaking of it being the same so a couple th- or do you want to get is so okay one thing that it wasn't too bad, but a few times when I was playing, I noticed if uh, a card on it, it was if I looked just at that card alone, it was hard for me to tell sometimes if that was the red coins or the brown ones where I'm supposed to take them from the uh, suspicion pile or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. Until I put that card up next to one, the coin of a different color, it was hard for me to tell. Or the, like the black meeples look kind of gray almost. It was just... They do on some of like the little uh, cards that you draft. Yeah, so it, yeah. I noticed on my first game, the first few rounds, I was a little. Both you get, of those you get things. used to it pretty quick, but yeah. after that, it I throws was fine, you off but, a little bit. Yep. Should we get into the uh, giant gorilla on your back there, Tim? Yeah, it's weighing me down. Okay. So we talked about the you know the art style and really the component quality. They keep that the same throughout the entire line of games that they've produced yep they also kept the same box size yeah i think it's definitely an issue in this one you know it worked for the other ones it's it's hard to unless you see it but it's almost half the size of like a standard square like normal board game box yeah uh maybe think of this as a little bit smaller than king of tokyo i you know, a little smaller than that. I don't know if it's that's Maybe it's, it might be taller, but it's not as wide. Mm. But Yeah, similar, you, I think you're right there. Similar yeah. to that. It's when you punch everything and get everything bagged, it's like super tight fit. Um, it's even tight before you punch it. 
Yeah. When you first pull the cover off Let's the box, the, it's... Some games are like that when you have the punch yeah. boards in there and stuff, but I don't think... I don't even know this game. I don't think it had an insert in there yeah, even, didn't. which... Because on the very bottom, you have all the player boards, and they take up a lot of room, mm-hmm. which, you know, I get. But then you got different cards. You've got all these different components. And I really think this game would have benefited as far as, you know, setup time, putting away, putting you know, packing the game up. It would have really helped with that, having a bigger box. You know, last time yeah. we played, we... We like to always separate, okay, this is one player's player. goods. Or yep, this we have is everybody's, one... um, basically the components for one player all bagged up, ready to go. Yeah, which in yeah. this... Because after, when I played it the first time, I asked around, like, hey, should we just put all these in, you know, all my player things all in one bag? He's like, uh-huh. nope, because it won't fit. <laughs> yeah, and that's, to me, that's kind of a problem because, it, like I kind of said, it, it you know takes a little longer to set up and tear down because you've got to sort everything out and put it away in mm-hmm. its own bag kind of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, you could... People can probably figure out a way you just need less bags and kind of have stuff in there loose. Then you could probably sleeve your stuff then, but like... I don't... I don't I, I don't think you could sleeve no, it. No, I don't... I really don't think you could yeah, sleeve I'm, this I'm, game. There's probably a way people can work it out. Well, you'd have they, to, but it would have to, like, be pushed the box up an inch or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, you want to sleeve it, you want to sort have more bags in it and keep the player stuff sorted. Just that. You know how you could do that? If you want to sleeve this game and you want to sort out the player pieces, you basically need to buy a second copy, get rid of all the stuff from one, so you just have two boxes mashed together, and then that's... Yeah, I don't know why this isn't in a bigger box, a normal size box. Like I was saying, the one time, it, it really needs a score pad to me where it like has you know the little picture of the 10 different things that you're scoring during the game, but you you couldn't fit a score pad with 20 <laughs> sheets on here. It would not fit in the box. Yeah. So I understand why they didn't do it, because you can't. Yeah. But it was pretty obnoxious. Yeah, like Not I having get, a score pad I or un- just the, the box okay. yeah. size. Like, yeah, I understand why they did it, because they want to keep all the same, but that's dumb. Like If it, <laughs> if it was for a game that you could reasonably fit everything in there comfortably, yeah. Yeah. that's one thing. But this game, like... It just doesn't. Yeah, you want some fit. wiggle room. You're not gonna fit an expansion in there unless the expansion is like two cards, one card, or two cards. So, <laughs> or it's a score pad expansion. It's too big. So, but that's a actually kind of a big issue for me. So, how do you guys feel about the theme in this game? Nope, I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot of. Whole yeah, there's the different attribute tracks. There's the blue, black, and red. It's like military or power or attack, and then there's like religion and influencers. I, I don't even. I don't know. It definitely they just yeah, felt is, like yeah. the red track, the blue track, and the black yeah. track. I mean, technically, you're recruiting townsfolk into your player area, and then you're taking out outsiders in killing them and some of them you're recruiting or um uh-huh. infl- it doesn't feel i feel nothing no i i was getting you there yeah it's nothing's grabbing me here no no and you're right there's nothing i mean when we when we play it's like okay you draw a palette in the beginning of the round yeah it's the art on it maybe yeah but it's, it's kind of the reverse of uh the components are f- like 
flooding out of the box. The theme is like nowhere to be seen inside the box. There. Yeah, they didn't have enough room for a theme. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> so that, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's about all we could say about that. Yeah. Um, Do you got a glue index for this one or no? I got nothing. I, okay. I everything I had there was with the. <laughs> we'll just roll Michael's. There. there was there wasn't enough room in the box for a theme. <laughs> so let's get on to the gameplay. So we went from the, in my opinion, one of the biggest negatives, the box size, to one of the big positives in this game because I really enjoy this gameplay. It does it different from other games that I've seen where you're going to draw three paladins from your own deck. It's going to basically tell you your round banners that you're going to get. And then also you're going to get a couple different colored meeples and a special ability for that round. So you're going to put one on top, you're going to put one on the bottom of your deck, and then you're going to use one for that round. So after you do that, then players are basically going to draft these cards that have four different colored meeples on it, and that's your workers for the round. And then on your player board, you're basically putting your workers out in different orders and grouped together. Yeah, you have your own worker placement spots on your own player board as opposed to one game board where everyone's yeah. sharing. There are a few actions that might come up in the cards in the middle of the row, but realistically, you're only doing your own player board actions. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I sometimes, you know, you as far as interaction, yes. you might be, well, you need a certain amount of red attribute or whatever that's called even um, to get this you know, use this card and oh, I can only do these two spots. I'm hoping these guys don't take them or someone else doesn't go there. Um, but besides that, you can basically do what you want. You kind of know what, you know, what workers you have to be able to do certain things. Some of the spots you can use any colored worker. Some have to be a specific color or the, the purple wild um, color. So you can kind of like, I like that, you know, that I love that planning at the beginning to see, all right, so this if I use this one, this will be my special. I'll get these two workers, and then you're also kind of looking at those other four out there to see. Well, I need to get one with red on it to be able to do what I want to do. But I, you know, I love that to be able to, you know, kind of sets your plan um, for that round, and even you know a little bit the next round because you can you know save one for the next round. It's like all right, so next time I'm going to be able to develop you know cheaper, so I you know keep that in mind that I can do that next time. So. I just you know, love starting each round that way, and it kind of gives you some focus, you know, more tactical focus, I guess, for those that specific round. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite part is the Paladin's mechanic. So what it lets you do is the first couple rounds, so I kind of had planned ahead, you know, what ac- um, actions I was going to focus on for that game. So then the first couple rounds when I drew them, I put them on the bottom of my deck because it was, um, say, commission costs no provisions or whatever, absolve costs no coins. I put those on the bottom because I knew I was going to focus on those during the game. That way, when they're way more expensive, I knew at the end of the game I don't have to pay those coins or provisions. So that saves you so much knowing you're going to get that at the end of the game. You're not going to have to pay that stuff, so you can plan ahead that way as well. Or setting yourself up for the next round too like maybe next round i want to do this or i want to make this cheaper or i get more coins when i go to get money um i like too how you know it has the attribute boost like maybe 
I'm not going to be able to take this action, but now I can take that action because I get that little boost for this round. Yeah, I had that too where you know I had to be up on, the say, the blue attribute. It's like, well, I only need one more this turn so I can do this one, but then I had the one with four. It's like, I'm going to need that next time, otherwise I won't be able to do that one. So that way I know, well, next time I'll be able to, to do these blue, whatever action goes with that. Um, you know, so I, I kind of like that planning. You, know, you can do a, a good amount of that just by that you know, that random draw of cards. I think, you know, I like the engine building aspect. There's not tons of it, but there is enough with the develop. So, if, you know, a lot of this game, I feel, is just planning out before you play the game or, like, right when you start playing that first round, what you're planning on doing because that's when you take the develop. You're going to want to obviously put those buildings onto the actions you plan to take during the game to make them much cheaper throughout yeah. the game. And then, like, recruiting the townsfolk, that's only going to happen the first few rounds because those are basically special abilities where it's, you know, each time you take, say, a develop action, you get a coin or something. You're going to want to get those early, too, because then that gives you those resources you're looking for during the game, where later in the game you're not going to be doing that. Like, the seventh round, I'm not going to recruit one of those people. You might... Wow, take, I think I did. You might take the action where you <laughs> discard them to get the immediate bonus but you're probably not going to do it for the permanent bonus and there's you know there's those six different spots that will move you up on the attributes but you you can't do them all i mean you can maybe once or twice but you can't focus on doing all of them because like tim did in the last game he sprinkled a little bit of everything yeah i'll get to that yeah (laughs) because the first a whole bunch of times you do those you're not getting the victory points is when you you're doing it for the sixth, seventh time is when you start getting those points. So you just got to focus on not necessarily just one, but you've got to focus on a, a couple of them. And, you know, I like how, well, you have to, to do this one, you have to be high on the red track to be able to move up blue. And then the one right below it, you need to have high and blue to go with the red. So those kind of work together pretty yeah. well. Actually, you have to just do those too. You can, you can do some other things, but you know, if you kind of focus, um, kind of that strategy to move up on a couple of tracks um you can be more efficient than if you're kind of kind of going everywhere it doesn't let you just do everything but you're not just doing one thing either yeah i will say i'm going to backtrack just a little bit about component quality and art and all that stuff i really like how if you look at the action spaces it'll show like a bar yeah a little banner so on like the left side it might show blue on the right, it might be, you know, red. Yeah. So you're going to spend blue, but then you're going to get red. Yeah, the requirement so, and the reward, that's a nice touch. Yep, just like a simple little touch on it that it once you realize what it is, it, it really helps looking at it. Like, okay, I need to go and get blue banners. So here's the action spots that I can take that will get me those blue banners. Yep, because yep, there's some of those games where you're like, all right, well, I need to be higher on blue, like, well, how do I do that? So you're kind of scanning all over, looking over the whole game to figure out where, what places you need to get it, where there it's, you know, those six different places, basically, you know, which mm-hmm. two you need black, you know, which two give you black, you know, so you can, you can figure it out pretty simply, you know, and all the, you know, kind of gets to the, you know, the symbology on it. It's all, you know, kind of like architects for me is like, some of it takes a little bit of getting used to, but for the most part, it's pretty simple. And once you kind of get a few of those ones that are, you know, kind of questionable, like you get it really quickly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, and it's easy very, to get the hang of it's art. You know, it's very clear on there what the symbol is too. So it sticks out. Yeah. What is, so it's not like this, you know, tough thing like, Oh, what does that little weird thing say? Yeah. 
I'm going to get into some negative things I feel about the game. Uh, nothing is terrible for me, but there are some niggling things. Um, <laughs> so the King's Order cards, they're not that bad, but it's a little annoying sometimes. Because I, I just feel like to play well, you need to plan before the game or the first round of the game what you're going to do. And then the first three rounds each round... You're going to have basically a scoring objective card come out. It's going to tell you which action to take. You have to do that action five times to score points. And the second round, it's worth a little more points. The third round, whatever action is, is worth a little more points on top of it. So I'm focused on what strategy I want to do. And then you know maybe the order just doesn't happen to work with what I'm doing. Or I just kind of fall in falls into my lap where it is what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, you can change your strategy to work around that and you get rewarded for it but i don't know how they could have done it they could have maybe done it where the second first one that's revealed you need to do five of that action for the four points the next one that's revealed you need to do maybe six of that action for the six points having all three of them out there right away to start the game i would like more because it's like well i'm gonna do this strategy i just gotta hope because there's it's the six of them that are possible it's like well i'm just gonna hope one of them comes out and well, if it does, then well, I was already going for that strategy. Now I got those I gonna, six points. I'm gonna get an extra. Or if four, it doesn't come out, then points. I don't. And there's nothing really different that you did. And you're right; you can, you know, change a strategy, and you could still, you know, do yeah. those. But it is a game where those first few rounds are very important. You know, with the um, develop, you know, the and, develop in that as and far picking as picking your paladins and how you want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where a lot of your strategy, you know, the overall strategy is going to come to that, and then. You know, maybe a secondary then then you can do otherwise but yes something where those are flipped up yeah um, but then again you know it maybe everyone's gonna be doing the same exact thing then after all shown in the beginning so yeah, it could be you know um, yeah if everyone gets samey and yeah so for me the next to no interaction is kind of a negative for me besides you know there's some of the Late in the later rounds, you got a couple worker placement spots that you know you can go to, then no one else can go there. Or maybe you're taking a townsfolk or outsider card that someone else needs. Yeah, I, but, I did a, a few of the times where I was like, Well, I want to commission someone, but like, oh, I think you guys are going to go for the attack, so but I can only I didn't have a lot of it, so there's only a couple of them that I could get. So sometimes I did feel like, Well. I have to do this early, otherwise I'm not going to have the chance to get one, and I really want to do that, so I don't have the time to develop to save myself a worker, so i got to do it early sometimes. Yeah. It's it's not a ton, but there are and some rounds There like is a little bit of interaction, you know, like we talked about, and then you got the trying to maybe run the suspicion money out so someone there's an inquisition and maybe someone gets a debt. You know, I tried to do that to you, Michael, at the end, and I know yep. I took one of the cards i attacked which i thought maybe you were going to attack just to get you another debt but 95 percent of this game i just had my head down looking at my player board i'm paying no attention to what you guys are doing so it doesn't bother me that much but it it does bother me a little bit you know where i'm just i'm paying no attention at all to what you guys are doing i don't care i'm just completely looking at my own yeah, there's a, a few times so, where there's a an action space. The ones that come out in the later rounds that I wanted to go to, but it was like, it was a low priority f- thing for me. It was like, well, I could have gotten a few more points, but someone went to the one action spot, 
you know, but yeah, a lot of it, you're that, where you're actually placing your workers, there's no competition for because it it's all on your board. Yeah. Which, you know, a little bit of a negative. But. It, you know, it's negative, positive. Now, for you, Tim, that's probably oh, a yeah. good thing, yep. but it, it just was this like, I'm just looking at my player board the whole time. I don't care what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Just something that yeah. threw me off a little bit. Can you imagine how bad my score would be if I had to focus on what you guys were doing too? It might do could a little better. I couldn't even could, focus could on what I was doing. <laughs> Maybe it would have helped you. would have saw what we were doing. And said, oh, that's how you play the game. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, I recommend you do pay attention more to what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Ryan, you said that's a negative for you. But for me, I really like that, you know, there's that little player interaction where you're basically jockeying for different cards on the board maybe not like, not a lot really at all you, you but are some i very I felt, rarely felt there were there, was there were some rounds where i felt it because yeah. i wasn't very high on either the red or blue track or red or black track okay so if you guys basically bought the first couple yeah you wouldn't people, have been able to do i it. wouldn't have been able to, and that yeah, and I because I was high on the red track but not black. So if I wanted one, use the black one, I was always trying to do that earlier. Yeah, because then with my red one, I could always get one of the more you know higher ones. Mm-hmm. I won't have any issues. You know, maybe it won't be the exact one I wanted, but could always get one. Um, so I, I did see that some. Um, again, there's not a ton of interaction, but there is. I feel like there's definitely some in there that that you're dealing with. Yeah, and I, you know. There's a lot of people that like this style of game where it's almost a solitary worker placement in a sense where you're just doing your own worker placement on your own board. Mm-hmm. A lot of people see it as negative. A lot of people see it as positive. So I guess it just depends on where you know your own play style is and what kind of game you like. Yeah. What did you guys think of the? I know Ryan, you mentioned you know having those those king's orders, not knowing those right away. What about those suspicion cards where when you take one of those, it's your zero, one, or two coins? Yeah, that was another, you know, all these are small cons for me. And that was another yeah. one of my small cons where it was just kind of, it's completely random. Like, I'm taking two purple workers. I might get no money. Where Tim takes one, he's he gets two coins. You know. Well, I know because the, the first game I played, mm-hmm. I think the first five times, I got two coins every single time. So I was getting really lucky with with those you know so i it didn't i was like oh and that in the later round when then i finally didn't get it was like oh yeah you don't always get two coins when you take this yeah where it you know it might save you a couple actions because you don't have to take the trade for money action because yep. you got those extra coins yeah. which can be a big deal because that could bump you up on attribute tracks a couple times or getting a person to get you end game scoring so it's not, you know, it's not that bad, but it's kind of can be a little frustrating if you're on the losing end of the bad luck. Yeah, you know? definitely. It just adds, you know, a little bit of luck to it. There's certainly not a ton in it, but there's a little bit. There's a little bit of luck, I guess, with the oh, what are those that fortify action as well? As far as yeah, because you, you don't know what reward exactly you're gonna get. Get that. at least those like it's more varied. Where like, well, this one's gonna get you a, a red and a black, or this one's gonna get you two coins, or. You know, some different things, more variety of things there versus two versus zero. Yeah, the points. fortify is definitely, but you know, you always get the boost on what is it, the blue track or yeah, whatever. But the, yep. the, the rest of the rewards are always pretty varied. Yep. That's for the most part all I have for my pros and cons. Well, what do you guys uh, think for a final thoughts, your final rating? So we hinted to it a little bit throughout this review. 
And the last play we had, I felt like... So, you ever watch, like, a dog chase a car? And then he sees another car and he bolts off after another one? That's kind of how my brain was working when we were playing. You got hit by a bus right (laughs) after another one. (laughs) Yeah, and then I I just couldn't handle it. So, what I mean by that is, when you play this game... I feel like you need to focus on just a couple actions and really mm-hmm. work off of how, you know, figure out how they work together and use that as your strategy. Or maybe go for some of those King's orders and try to focus on those. My problem was I think I got a couple of townspeople that would give me, if I converted some people, they'd give me a little bonus. So the first couple of rounds I was like, oh, I'm going to work towards that. And then that wasn't, uh, it was working okay. And then I was like, ooh, that King's Order, if I, you know, attack some people, I'll get some of that. So then I was going for attacking, and then I was like, ooh, I like what this action does. I'm going to do this a little bit. And I just kept, like, bouncing around my player board, just doing random actions that really weren't benefiting me. Now, I did terrible I think I scored like 17 points, <laughs> which is just absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, lost, lost by about 50. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you got quadrupled. <laughs> so with that said, even getting just absolutely blown out and just doing random unnecessary <laughs> actions on my own board, I still had a lot of fun with it. I like the, you know, how you get your workers. I wasn't sure how I was going to like that at first because sometimes... I wasn't sure if you were going to almost feel like you maybe couldn't take certain actions because of the colored meeples that you do get. But really, very rarely I felt like I was hindered. Yeah, I mean, you get to pick your paladin, and then there's spots where you could... There's so many things you could do to get yes. more workers in yep. the game. And yeah. if you can you, turn... You, know, you can What is it? The I forget what the action's called, but where you can get that purple yes. um, worker. Yep. Or, you know, you can take some of those purple workers from the, the four a set of four cards there. Yeah, so there's plenty of ways to kind of mitigate what colored meeples you're going to get and which ones you need and all that stuff. So I guess all in all, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just need to have Ryan teach me the game or at least coach me in the game so I can maybe play a little better and be more competitive. Focus. Focus on uh, just a few things. Yeah, I think just <laughs> focusing is more of my uh, what I need. So, I, uh, I I guess at the end of that, I would give it about a, like an eight point five, somewhere in that mark. Okay. Yeah, I, I I you know my favorite part that we talked about already, but you know that starting that round with those paladins and just seeing what else out there, kind of planning you know, basically your whole turn. You know, for the most part, planning that ahead of time. Um, you know, each round to do that. And then maybe, you know, secondarily, you know, still even having a little bit, you know, what am I going to do the next time? Also the overall strategy um, as far as, all right, these are the two main tracks I want to move up on to try to get those those max points at the end of those tracks. Yeah, that beginning round stuff, though, is that's that's the cat's pajamas. Um, so, yeah, you know, some, a few, you know, minor is negatives. A positive or negative? I, I think not, I've ever heard that. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm cat's waiting. pajamas, yeah, it's positive. Okay. Definitely. Definitely positive. Have you seriously uh, never of, heard that? No. Really? Yeah, it's kind of like, think of it as like the bee's knees, similar to that. Okay. You know, so now you understand, right? I suppose he's a guy that's never heard of a Snuggie before. Yeah. Well, I've heard of a <laughs> Snuggie. I've just never seen the back of a Snuggie. <laughs> 
but yeah, you know, any any of the things that I did, you know, some some clients with are those are pretty minor things. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Tim on this one. I'm gonna give it a, a solid eight point five. Yeah, for me, um, so this is Aaron's game, and I've made it known that I'm not the biggest fan of most of his games. <laughs> I usually tell him. You yeah. tell everybody. Uh, yeah. There are <laughs> ones that I do enjoy, but this for me is easily my favorite one of his games. I was a little surprised how much I, I knew it was heavier than Architects quite a bit, but I didn't know really how the gameplay worked or anything like that. So I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it in my first game. Um, uh, like all of us here, I really enjoyed the Paladin's mechanic. I like most everything in the game. The, the cons I did have were very minor, and you know sometimes they bother me, sometimes they don't. So that's not even really much of an issue. One thing I do feel is you know maybe you have to laser focus too much and you have to really decide what you're going to do before or that first round of the game. You don't have to focus. <laughs> True. <laughs> if you want to win. <laughs> if you want to get half as many points as the, the other people, maybe you, get, you should. You, <laughs> you see your paladin cards and you're putting those on the bottom, so it's like, okay, that's the actions I'm going to take one of the last couple rounds, so you want to build up to that to make it much better. So you, you kind of rinse and repeat during the game. So that could be an issue I could see. Because there was parts during the game there was just like, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing mm-hmm. these three actions, you know. Until around four or five, that's when I finally got my engine going enough where I could get more workers to do a few more actions each round where it wasn't just the same three actions or around that you know it depends on yeah. what you're doing but where i could felt like i had more freedom to do a few extra things to move up on a different track or get a couple different cards i hadn't got but overall i really think this game is the dog's overalls um <laughs> you're just making that up that's not a thing. no that's a thing it's a thing um i would give it an 8.5 so 8.5 is all around uh well wow. done aaron in, in agreement <laughs> well done aaron <laughs> this this now has me interested to see what the third game in the west kingdom line is now because i thought architects of the west kingdom was okay um it went down for me after we had played it more but i really enjoy this one and i think this one will kind of keep steady at this range so if you like what you heard here, we uh, are doing a giveaway. So our Blackout Hong Kong giveaway just ended, and we are starting a new giveaway for Paladins of the West Kingdom. And that one's going to end on January 3rd. So the copy we do have was shipped to us, and it did come the box. The outside came damaged. Uh, one side, it's kind of pushed in a little bit, and then the one corner is actually ripped. Um, everything inside the box, we got it all sorted. We, this is a copy we played with. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Nothing's wrong with the actual components. Just mm-hmm. the box is damaged a little bit. And a little too small, but yeah. I don't <laughs> think you're going to find what that is. Uh. That's probably what happened is the box just exploded because yeah. everything Ripped was trying to bust yeah, out. Mm-hmm. So just know that. So if we ship it to you, it will be damaged yeah. already. And Obviously, if, if it's crushed, that's... Right. It's an issue. Yeah, you know, if you wanted to, we could, you know, if you do win, we could obviously send like a picture of the box corner just so you know ahead of time. What, and what it looks like. Yeah, so yeah. then, you know, if you do get it, then you know. So what we're going to do for this giveaway is we're going to have you go to our 
Board Game Geek Guild. Ooh, is what guild number is that? 3471. So if you go to boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471, and then it's the Dual Win Games Guild, you're going to have a couple different options on what you want to do. Um, we're going to have a thread posted called Paladins of the West Kingdom, and we're going to have you tell us what is your favorite game in the uh, West Kingdom or North Sea line. So Architects of the West Kingdom, Paladins of the West Kingdom, Raiders of the North Sea, Explorers or Shipwrights of the North Sea. Which one's your favorite of them? Or maybe if you haven't played them or played enough of them, tell us what you want to see in the third West Kingdom game. You know, Maybe what some mechanics you want to see, what type of game you want it to be. Um, let us know. Or maybe um, if you haven't played it, which one you're most interested in. Yeah, just, in just something along along those lines. And uh, you do that, you're going to be entered for a chance to win Paladins of the West Kingdom. And we are not making a lot of money off this podcast, so we're going to ask that... Not a lot, no, not a lot. We're going <laughs> to only be able to ship inside the continental U.S., so that is also an issue. <laughs> that's an issue so that's so, what that is so just know that ahead of time as well and um yeah just hit us up we'd like to hear you guys' thoughts so if that wraps up our review and giveaway announcement let's move on to the board game geek top 250 games let's do it what number are we on tim we are going to start at 125 and go down to 101 correct so if you are just joining us for the first time on this list, we took a snapshot of the Board Game Geek Top 250 Games. Do you remember the... I believe it was early August. That sounds about right. I'm going to say the 8th. Seems close. Okay. So August 8th, we took a snapshot <laughs> <laughs> of the Board Game Geek Top 250. So if you look on there now, I'm sure they've moved quite a bit up or down but we took a snapshot so we're just taking a ride through that so strap in so ryan what why don't you kick us off with 125 all right 125 we have combat commander europe now i we had played this one once yes it was been a long time it's been a few years it was like a learning scenario i want to play it again i did enjoy it um you know it's got the little chits like a war game you know yeah. little pieces it's basically squad level i think it was or you got a few units that you're kind of working with mm-hmm. and you're trying to control objectives and things like that yep. you know it was pretty early in our gaming career uh, and i wasn't well versed really in war games so it was kind of confusing with like line of sight all the little rules yeah. cover like all that stuff how it kind of worked so i'd like to Give it another shot because it does seem interesting. I remember the card play. I like the card play on it. When you flip cards, you know, it shows the dice on it and just mm-hmm. the different things you can do with them and stuff. Yeah, it's a World War Two kind of tactical game. Yep. Like, I haven't played it at all, but looked into it and that. And yeah, I like the. It's kind of yeah. It was unique with those with the the dice. It seemed like all the cards, like every dice roll, was twice in the card. So if you really paid attention, you could even know what what dice are still available if you got to that point but come on no. tim has enough trouble paying oh. attention to his player board let's not yeah i a, a person could <laughs> not not necessarily tim could <laughs> but um but yeah the, you know the different events that happen and 
Um, the cards just doing a lot of things with those cards. You know, certainly some luck with the the flips and that, but that's you know, you know, war games. There's gonna be luck involved. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be, but you know, it seems like there's a lot of different scenarios that you can run through and you know, playing the different sides and that. So, yeah, I agree with Ryan that I would love to get this out more to um, you know. To see how I really enjoy it, yeah. To see to if see we really it, like it, yeah. And, yeah it's because it's been so long. But. And I, like you, I did enjoy that one play that we had, that learning place. So you got to get that back out, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of games that Ryan needs to get off his shelf, that brings us to one twenty-four, near and far. I know, Ryan. This is my Caverna right now. It's I got Caverna out. Now this is the next one that's probably yeah. close to being on there the longest. It's we've played above and below. Mm-hmm. We have not played near and far. Yep. And it's kind of the sequel, the next step of it, so to speak. I know there's quite a bit different yeah, to it's, it. It's the same as where, you know, he's got the little stories and whatnot, but yeah. there's there's more more to it or it's different. It is a campaign game. So mm-hmm. that would be trouble. So I would probably play it with my wife. You know, you could probably do a one-off and whatnot, but playing it consistently with you guys would be tough unless we were going to review it or something. But it is one I would like to try out, and I, you know, I just need to get through that rule book. You know, I love the artwork on all Ryan Lockett's games. This one's no different. So it is one I'd like to try. Yeah, there, I know there's some. This one had some dice rolling, but there's some mitigation with it. Um, with there, some sort of heart resource that you can use. Which, you know, if there is dice rolling in games, you know, you know, certain games it's fine. But like, if there is dice rolling, the luck element. I like games where you can mitigate that luck somehow. So it's not just pure luck. Where if you're just rolling bad, you nothing you can do. You can't really get anything done. So that is a good thing there. I know it's kind of. Kind of adventure story driven type game sounds like yeah from what I looked into. And then uh, number one twenty three we have a game by Ted Racer Racier a little older game about twenty years ago uh, Paths of Glory. Um, this is a, a very long game I believe yeah it says on BGG I think eight hours and more of a strategic eight hours war game uh, World War One. Um, so the Central Powers versus the Allied, and it's um, it's another card-driven game, another one where you're you know where you have a, a card that can be used for ops points, you know events, um, placing you know armies and things like that. Additional cards get added throughout the game, so um, and that can happen at different times. So you have to move up on I don't know if it's points or certain something you have to move up on to be able to then have access to those basically better cards then. And so, th- so the central powers could get there before the allies do. So you know, there's those cards that are added in. Is that know, a so. paper mat? Um, I do. It it <sighs> might be. It's a so it's a 20 year old game. So I think in earlier copies, me. a lot of times okay, they'll do that, I... and then they'll come out with a mounted mat. Okay. Because yeah. <sighs> I see this one picture here. It's <laughs> like I could see some guy bumping the table, and like the chits just go. <laughs> Flying and he's like, oh, I just spent six hours. You you play outside and just the wind picks it up. <laughs> well, if you're playing outside with a yeah. paper mat, you kind of deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the smartest strategy there to do that. 
but I like it is World War One, so it's one where you start with a certain certain countries that, but you can add others can come in. Like Turkey will eventually come in on the Central Power side. The U.S. could, or Italy and the the Allies, just some other countries that can come in. One thing that I thought was kind of neat was the. I think you roll a dice maybe for a mandated attack. So say you roll and you might you have to attack with France, for example, in that round. So, or and if you don't, you like lose points or something like that. But I don't know. It's it's such a seemed like such a long game that that kind of was a detractor. So that fell a little bit for me as far as my interest. And then if it was a shorter one, maybe I'd be more interested. But yeah, I would agree. I've been interested in this game because it's a card-driven game. I, I tend to like those games, mm-hmm. but if it's really eight hours, I don't know if I'd ever get it played. You know, I gotta be honest. Nothing about looking or hearing about this game appeals to me. Yeah, the art and and all that. I mean, the, I I know that's graphics. how those games are. You know, and I have plenty of ugly games myself, but I don't know. Uh, you sound like me now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just uh, give, give me a snuggy coat. You know, I I try it. If if I had, if I was retired, I'd want to. I'd play this. If I was like on a week vacation, you know. Okay. Then, but other than that, it's gonna be real hard to get me to play this. There's one. a lot of other games, and you can get a a you know, few other. You know, yeah. Even still heavy longer games, you can get two or three of them in. You know, in the amount of time you could get this one in. Yeah. So there's enough other things higher on my list that this. This isn't isn't very new. But you know, you could see where someone they really get into this kind of thing and they're strategizing, you know. You get to build your strategy and see it develop over, you know, hours and see it play out and if it works out, you know, you feel satisfied oh, and whatnot. Yeah, and if someone so, that's but, into those those you know, longer, you know, heavier strategy not necessarily I don't know if it's super heavy, but you know, it's a definitely a strategy game and it's you know, and it basically, see, you know, like you said, you know, see it develop over a long time. That's interesting. You had, then, you know, looks like a cool game, you know, fits with that pretty well. So number 122 is a game that we do have within the uh, group here. That is Cosmic Encounter. That is one that I did enjoy very much at all right away, and I've grown to like it and appreciate it for what it is. Um, you know, you can kind of have those bum plays every once in a while, but you know, the game takes an hour or less, so it's always a good time. Once basically understanding the cards and how they work off each other and knowing that it's a completely random game, then you can start, I feel like, enjoying the game. Yeah, and that's when you started making that turn, when you weren't taking it so seriously, so to speak, where you realized, okay, some of these alien powers, they're going to be broken and you just got to know how the group works and what the different cards are that are in the deck. Once you figure that out and you just kind of let loose and just have fun with it. And typically we're laughing about, you know, someone getting betrayed and yeah. just different wacky stuff happening. And yeah, I haven't played this as much as you guys. So I definitely felt that it was first few times. Like, I didn't like it. Like all these zap There's cards. There's a lot of gotcha these, cards. Yeah. In there. It, I typically <laughs> just not a fan of, like, I guess I've warmed to it a little bit, but, Still, a lot of the those gotcha go, cards. And I stuff go into it a with a party style game feel, or else it's yeah, just frustrating. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, yeah. you got to go in with the right mindset for this one. And I, yeah. I could see this game definitely falling flat for some groups. You know, like 
we talked about how you know some of us didn't enjoy it right away or michael you're still kind of in that stage or just if the negotiation isn't really going on in the game you know then it's not going to work for that group mm-hmm. you got to have the right people playing this game to make it fun i think too yeah, yeah there's situations that i've enjoyed with it um overall though still it's not a not a huge fan but it's it's kind of fun sometimes like where you got a couple people are way ahead so you're not you're trying to avoid helping them or you're you're ahead and you're trying to like well work with this other person maybe to try to you know get to that you know last colony or whatever that you need it is one of those games that has our signature name in it where you can have that dual win where it's actually a real thing in the game that is yeah that happens you know relatively often in this game a lot Mm -hmm. of times there's a dual win yep it feels really good when you get a solo win though i mean you screw everyone over or something like that because yeah. it always deflates the table. Everyone's like, hey, I can join you. Nope, I'm yeah. going to win by myself. That is something oh. that I really enjoy, deflating the rest of the table. That's <laughs> yeah. my yeah. favorite thing. Let's move on from Cosmic Encounter to number 121, and that is Memoir 44. It is a... Man, we're jumping all over the place with these. We're going super long and super quick war yeah. game. Yeah, now we're back to a, another ward game, but not nearly as long as Paths nope. to Glory. This you can is, get this done in less than eight hours. Yeah. You get the, I, you I, get from the whole what I understand. campaign, like all the, the whole probably, booklet done to, in yeah. under eight hours. So this one, uh, Memoir 44, it is a Command and Color series game. So if you're not familiar with those, you basically set up the map. Yeah, it's a two-player game. can be played with more, but typically just two um and you basically get a hand of cards, and it tells you what sector you can move your units in. Uh, when you play that card, you move and attack with those units. It's a game that I enjoy quite a bit. Um, I know it's kind of simpler compared to other Command & Color series games, but to me, that's almost some of the charm to it. I like just kind of setting it up and playing through one of these scenarios and just kind of uh, chucking dice at each other. Yeah, it's uh, it's one I enjoy. I you know I like some other ones in the Command and Color series better, but the look of this one and the theme really appeal to me. Uh, it's good time. Yeah, I have not played this one, but it's one I'd be interested in playing. You know, I've played a few of the Command and Colors ones, but this one, you know, this would be seems like a good kind of intro into the war games. The 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 card play, I'm with it, and I do like the. Uh, the theme of it, it seems I think there's a lot of different scenarios that you can, can go through and everything, and they're not, it doesn't seem like they're always necessarily evenly balanced, um, but you can always yeah. think, well, play one side, then play the other you're side. Spo- and, that's what it says you're supposed so, to do, is okay. you play both sides and then t- tally your points to see who wins. Yeah, so that was Memoir 44, number 120, game by Paul Denon. Um, this is Clank in Space. So I have not played the in space version. I've played regular Clank, but other than the board being different, you've you've played it. Yeah, I you know when I looked into it, it was like yeah, you're doing all kind of the same things, but maybe um, kind of has this, that same kind of push your luck element where you know getting in and then trying to get back out again. Um, yeah, in deck building game, that. you got the three resources yeah. you're spending for movement, you're spending to buy cards, or you're spending basically for combat to maybe kill some enemies to get you some gold and stuff like that. You're trying to get artifacts, get in and get out with the most points mm-hmm. to win. Yeah, it's like you have to go into a couple different sectors to open up 
Yes. To yep. get into, to yeah. get those artifacts and that. Yeah, you're forced so to go deeper into it. Yeah, you spend more time in there. But you can, like, take those, I don't think, where you basically move up half the board almost, it seemed like, too, that you can go to. Yeah. Right? Yes. Uh, but you just can't fly right into it. You do have to go into a couple different sectors yeah. before you can do that. I don't know which one I like more. I keep waffling back and forth. Sometimes I like Clank in Space more because there's a little more to it. But then I like Clank better because it's quicker. Clank in Space kind of drags a couple of those plays. I don't know. I'm fine with either one of them, but they're okay. Yeah, I think my biggest, you know, I like them. My biggest negative is sometimes the movement. You can almost feel like hindered, you know, when you have to spend certain movement to get to certain areas. It's almost like... And you don't know what you're going to draw. Yeah, because, you know, obviously the random draw from your hand and it's like oh i'm, I'm gonna sit here for like three turns because i just can't move i can't get through this area so it's kind of like mm. but i do i do enjoy it number 119 got captain sonar now this is one i've wanted to try out i would want to play it with eight players you know i'd like to play it at a convention sometime you yep. know i haven't gotten the chance to and i've heard you know it's can be good with six but i'd really want to play it with the full eight where everyone has one role that they're concentrating on and playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see with our group, it would be just a complete bumbling mess. It'd be people oh, yeah. s- oh, just yeah. screaming at each other. <laughs> There'd be mutiny on the sub. Yeah, yeah, there would be. So basically two different subs are going head to head. You know, people are trying to figure out the coordinates of where the other sub is. You shoot, basically you're shooting them. You're trying to sink the other sub mm-hmm. and it's kind of played in real time. Yep. So, you, so yeah, you have a, a captain who's so basically you have a kind of a grid um, that you're at, and then the captain you know tells an order like you know going north. Um, so then you have your, uh, I believe it's the engineer and the first first mate or um, is they're gonna mark down some things on that to to move. So they got to cross off some things on there, and then you have a radio operator that's listening to the other side. So that radio operator is trying to figure out where on the map the other side is because you're, you know, basically your ship can't go to the same spot twice. So you're trying to figure out like these going around these islands. Well, where could this person possibly be? You're trying to try to narrow that down, and then depending what you're marking off, there's some different special things like oh, use sonar or drop a depth chart. Some different things that you can or drop a mine, I should say. Um, but sounds like it'd be a seems like it'd be a really fun, yeah, like you say, convention game if you get eight people together. Not a typical game day one. We don't have that many people, but um, do it fast. It'd be just a just a fun game where you're trying to figure stuff out. Just you know, everybody yelling at each other, yeah. and then and once you finally figure it out, then trying to chase after and shoot the other people, and mm-hmm. seems pretty fun. Yeah, it's definitely on the list of convention games that I want to try. Yeah. So. I don't know that it's worth me actually buying it just because it wouldn't get played played unless we're at a convention basically but or if um, people do multiple bo- roles yeah one yeah. to yeah that one I tried a few times before I start going the multiple role thing that yeah. seems difficult to start with you get, Tim can't even pay attention to his own player board he thinks he's going to be able to do two roles come yeah, on we know. get out of here with that <laughs> So, speaking of games I don't <laughs> want to pay attention to... What do you got, Tim? That brings me to 118, Hansa Tonica. 
All right, so five straight games of Hansa Teutonica or one 18xx game. What are you picking? You don't even want to say it, do you? I don't want to say it. <laughs> what are you picking? You know the answer. I want to hear it. I just don't want to say it. Which one do you want to play, Tim? I don't want to play either of them. Which one? That's not an option. You have to choose. <laughs> Who am I playing with? <laughs> same people. <laughs> it's the same people every game, or is it... Yep. This Is it people I know? Answer the question. <laughs> I would try an 18xx game. Really? Yeah. Wow. As much as I don't <laughs> want to... <laughs> I was leaning the other way with this one. I thought really? I thought you were gonna go Hans. That's that's scary. I wasn't sure. I <laughs> that I think the only reason why I'd go that route is because there might be a chance I like an eighteen XX game. I really don't think so. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that, that one in a million miracle chance. shot that you might right. like it. Right. There's that you know where you're a hundred percent certain that you're not gonna like. Hansa. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Hansa is a very interactive Euro game. Um, you're basically moving your discs onto the board. You're trying to beef up your actions or you're trying to take control of different cities. Um, they're scoring throughout the game. Uh, there's a lot of interaction in the fact that you're blocking other players and then you get displaced, costing them more to move you out, and then it benefits you to place in other areas on the board. It's a game I really enjoy. It's hard to get it played because Tim's always around. <laughs> but, yeah, that does suck. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it is one I like quite a bit. Yeah, I I enjoy it. You know, probably not not quite as much, but certainly enjoy it more than Tim. Uh, but that it, is not a surprise. <laughs> but with the, I, I don't mind. I, I don't always like the you know the kind of the take that you know blocking people thing, but it it's part of the strategy of the game so you're also doing that so you're not just doing to hurt other people it's it's because you get a you know kind of a advantage when you do it too so um how it works in this game i don't i don't hate it. it's not my favorite game but i'll it's out i'll have no problem playing it you gotta play with your head up <laughs> <laughs> well if you know anything about me i struggle with that we talked about that already and that's the biggest yeah, negative for me is the whole where you can basically put your cubes in front of somebody else's line where they're trying to connect cities. So then they have to spend more to displace you, and then it gives you a little bonus to place somewhere else in the map, and it's just so frustrating. Where it's encouraging yeah, it's, you to block people. Right. Yeah, an right. anti-Tim game. Yes. Yep. Yes. Don't ask me to play this game with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, number 117, got a... This quick little game called Jaipur. It's a two-player uh, game. I don't know if either of you played this. Yeah. I have not. Okay. I would like to try it out, but I yeah, have not. it's where there's I think there's six different color cards basically that will come up, and then there's between maybe five to eight different coins of that color. You basically either, you know taking cards from the middle, or there's some camels too that you can basically trade in. Uh, there's th- three of the six colors are more valuable ones that are more points for them and there's the the other colors that are less valuable also you can get some bonus coins if you turn in so when you eventually because there's a limit you can only have seven different coins or tokens or whatever they are um you can only have seven of them so eventually you have to sell some and that's where you actually get the points for it 
Uh, but it seems like a, you know, nice, you know, fairly, you know, simple rules for it. But it seems like there's a good amount of strategy as far as, you know, because of either, you know, taking taking one from the middle or tra or if you trade, it has to be multiple ones. So deciding when you trade, when you take those camels. Um, but yeah, this one I'm for a kind of a more simple, you know, lighter type game. I'm pretty interested to try this one, actually. I look at it as kind of like a Lost Cities, like a nice 20, 30 minute two player. You know, you're yeah. tired, you're done with work, play with somebody, just bust it out. And... Yeah, kind of similar for me, like, you know, kind of like Splendor ish a uh, bit, as far as that kind of weight. and. Yeah, know. I would agree. It's uh, one that, you know, I'm not, you know, running out to try to find this game or anything like that, but I would be interested to try it sometime just to see how I feel about it. Number 116 is by Michael's favorite designer, at least as of our last recording, who's his favorite designer, yeah. or at least a couple he, recordings he ago. To, I don't remember. Down to number four. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Where's he at now? Number six. This is Michael's uh, sixth favorite designer, <laughs> uh, Vlada Shvatel, and that is Codenames Duet. Now, I've played Codenames. I have not played Duet. That's where you're working together. Yeah. And how does that... Working, I actually haven't looked into this one. How about so? It's the same grid, um, but you each have your own card, and it has it, actually it's the, the same card, and it's two different sides. Um, so each will there'll be, th I believe it's three assassins instead of on your board there'll be three assassins. One of them will be assassins on both of yours. One of them it'll be just a bystander for the other person and one of them it'll actually be a clue for them a certain number of rounds uh, certain tokens you have so if you every round you lose a token and then every time you get one wrong i believe you get a token as well um and you have to get all 50 i believe it's 15 okay. between the two of you, yeah, you, you gotta get have... all the agents without getting an assassin to win yep okay so basically code names yep just working yeah. together just two player code name duet duet duo yep. You could dual yeah, win this if, one. You could dual win this one. Yeah. If you win, or you do lose. Well, that's that's the other option, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of us, dual-lose games. <laughs> so. <laughs> yep. so, yeah, if you like uh, looking into it, I think if you like code names and want to just play it two players, it seems like a nice nice little, uh, you know, with the different changes they have with it, it seems... Yeah. If you like it, you'll like this one. I think code names is okay. I'm not really looking to play it two-player, but... It'd be a good option if yeah, it was. That's the thing for me, like, because it's more, <laughs> I mean, it's more of a party game. I guess you can have a party with two people, but, you know, yeah. I'm not that interested in playing it with two people, but. I look at this one as the Parrot's button-up fleece jacket. I got nothing. I had something, and then I totally blanked. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of games that you can play as a duet, Dinosaur Island. <laughs> or Quartet. <laughs> the only reason why I say that is because I've played this once, and it was me and Michael. Yeah, that happened. You, you yep. taught it to me, and for some yeah. reason, our group got split four to two. Everybody wanted to play Sagrada. Yep. So then I was stuck with Michael playing. I would have played with you guys, hands down. I yeah, I, I was real happy happens. I was in that, <laughs> yeah. in that boat. So. Yeah, nice worker placement game. It's... uh. A lot of takes up a lot of space on the old board there, but um, yeah, it, it's a big table, yeah, and with the expansions and stuff. But yeah, it's it's Jurassic Park, the 
worker placement board game. Jurassic Park, the neon. Yep, worker it's placement very, game. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely f- designed as if it's from that era and everything with mm-hmm. the, all the colors and you know the different workers and stuff too. Um, some of those. So, but yeah, I really like the game. Um, it's a solid game, and you know if you're interested in the theme, kind of a medium weight game. Just yep, pick it up, try it out. It's definitely yeah, the dinosaur game that I would recommend. I would agree with you. Not Dinogenics? No. Not Dinogenics, not uh, Draftosaurus, if you want to count that. I'd count that. <laughs> it's it got dinos in it. Yep. You played Draftosaurus. It's not that bad, is it? I think the... Yeah, I just wish that little bag that you draw from was yeah, smaller. Well. <laughs> After you've played <laughs> two rounds of Draftosaurus, you've played the whole game. <laughs> I, I enjoyed yeah, it when not, I played it. I don't need to play it a lot. Or yeah, like I'm not saying more. it's, you know. <laughs> nice game for kids, though, I think, with the little dino meeples. Right. They're the only ones that can fit their hands in, what into would, the bag. So. Would you guys rather play two pl- or Tim, what would you rather play two players since you've played them both? Doolasaur Island or Dinosaur Island? Well, there's more meat on Dinosaur Island. There's more to each it's phase. A bigger, it's a bigger dinosaur. It's a bigger dinosaur, bigger uh, bigger thing. But um, I guess it just depends on how you feel. Do you want to play a quicker game or do you want to play kind of a big table hog, meatier game? That's how I would go because it, it depends. They're, they're similar. It just depends but, on your mood. Yeah, they're similar, but they are different. Yeah, I know when I was teaching you, you know, obviously you caught on to it pretty quick because there's a lot of things that are the same. So if you've played one, yeah, it helps. You know, vice oh, versa, yeah. I'm sure, would be the same where pick it up really quickly because there's a lot of similarities yeah. between them. Number 114, we have a game. Take it easy, by... Tim. Don't blow your napkin <laughs> pants yeah. off. Yep. By uh, a number of different designers, but one of them is Eric Lang. Tim's yes, favorite so... designer. Yep. Yep. And that's uh, Arcadia Quest. It's an awesome that game. game. All about? It is a fun one. It's a... Uh... It's a game where you basically start with a guild. At the, you basically play through a campaign, and you start with three characters. And it's not really a cooperative game either. You're kind of fighting for different objectives, and you can fight each other. But you're going through, and you're trying to complete quests, on depending on what map or what uh, scenario you're playing. And you're just kind of running around the map, hack and slashing at enemies, whether they're the non-players or the players, because some of the objectives are to knock out one of the other player's characters. And then one of the more exciting things about the game is in between each round, or in between each game, I'll say, you get some loot cards, and then you can buy these cards to put on your characters, and you kind of upgrade in between each mission. And it's one that, Ryan, when you and I played our campaign for the first time, I had a blast playing it. We would get done, we would buy cards, and then just want to play it again. Yeah, it's got that you want to play right away again because you level up your people and you're like, well, I want to try out this new hammer. Yeah, right. This hammer gives me an extra dice. It's like a cliffhanger. Right. Yep. And I remember there was a time, too, where we played Ryan and we packed it up and we were walking up the steps in my basement talking yep. about it. It's like, 
Well, I, I don't think I have to go home quite yet. <laughs> well, let's play again. Uh, we set could, it up. Go another hour, hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. And it was almost the same when I played through the Arcadia Quest Inferno scenarios with my wife. We played through the entire, like, five or six story campaign in like two weeks. Yeah. Which is almost unheard of for us where we can sit down and bust out a game so quickly. Yeah, yeah it's got the whole the monkey's mittens thing going on. We just kinda <laughs> want to keep putting it out again, putting it out again. Let's keep playing it. He won't let it go, He's, Willie. He doesn't he doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm thinking one of them I'm gonna hit here and that's like a, a known thing too. Hey keep trying. Yeah, yeah keep trying. Give it a try. I've not played it, but and it's you know the kind of the Ameritrash, you know, not typically my style, but I like the you know kind of the the lighthearted you know art theme. You are just you know going around doing damage You're going and you around know, smacking it, each it's other. It's not around. one where if you die, you st- you you just come back <laughs> yeah. and stuff, so you don't have to worry about like all right now I'm out of this game for forty five minutes kind of thing. So just one kind of, of a fun <laughs> favorite memories of playing this is when it was you, me, your brother Jack and Brian, yeah. and Jack threw like a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking around the table who he wants to throw it at and Brian's just like suppose it's gonna be at me huh <laughs> and Jack just starts smiling and hucks it at Brian so then it explodes and like everywhere he steps he's taking damage or whatever he's just all pissed off it's like well, that's why we're throwing it at you because you get pissed off yeah, about it so right. we're gonna poke it the bear it does seem like one of you can't take it too seriously yeah <laughs> I mean even but. when you die anyways you respawn back so it doesn't set you back much. Right. Yeah, so that that would kind of be the the style of game that I would enjoy more. Those those types of things. So number one thirteen is Lord of the Rings, the card game. Uh, this is a living card game. So what that means is when you buy an expansion for it, you know exactly what cards are going to be in the pack that you get. It's not like a trading card game where you might get rares and just random cards. You know what you're getting each time. This is a game I do enjoy. Tim, we've played it a few times. It's a cooperative game. It's a very good solo game. I played it quite a bit solo, and I am horrible at it. I'm not very good at the deck building part of it. I think I just focused up, really want to make this deck work, and that deck is not going to work for that scenario. <laughs> so each scenario, you know, you, you kind of play it once, see how the scenario works, and you kind of build a deck around that. So yeah. it's really... If you have a few games, this is a great one to have because you can keep playing it. There's tons and tons and tons of expansions for it. And so that if it was, I only had a handful of games, this would be one of them that I would pick just because of the long-term gameplay. And I like the deck building like that, like Dice Masters. I really enjoy that building my team up and things Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look back to see when the last time we even played it, but... I remember I did enjoy it quite a bit, and I would welcome it back to the table. Have you played, Michael? I have. I've not played it. Um, not super into the kind of the living card game type things, but you know I like the theme of it. So if I was gonna try one, this would probably be the you know up there in the list yeah. as far as games you know living card games that I would try. Um, but I'm not gonna not one I'm gonna be seeking out, I guess. Well, let's move on to a game that maybe you will want to try, and that is number 112, Nations. It is a civilization building game, uh, kind of a card game, and 
one thing I thought was kind of interesting was that there's no like common board. You only have your player board, right? And you're basically building your own civilization on your own personal board. So there's really not a whole lot of player interaction, kind of like we talked about in Paladins, mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Uh, so it kind of seemed interesting that way. Um, yeah, it's you know there's a lot of similarities to through the ages, and I think Vod actually like helped a little bit with you know making the game in that. Um, I believe so. I'm not 100 percent on that, but yeah, it's a little bit lighter. Um, kind of gets more streamlined as far as the turn structure in that. Unlike um, through the ages where every card comes out every time in this game, not all of them will. So you might not have the opportunity to do certain things. Um, there's event cards every round. Um, I believe that will come out. I look at it as I'm just going to end up wanting to play through the ages. Yeah, I'd play it. You know, it's not like it's the same game, but it's a longer yeah. civilization building game, uh, a lot of card play and mm-hmm. stuff. So I would, yeah. I'm just going to want to play through the ages. Yeah, it is one where it's, it is, you can play it the same, but you can also play it asymmetrical, which that part of it, you know, kind of is interesting yeah. instead of like with through the ages where everyone starts exactly the same. Although as soon as you take your first card, it's already different, but you know, you start with this one a little bit different. It, what I'm interested in, but like you said, Ryan, it, it would probably just make me want to play through the ages. Yeah, it I might guess, be you like, never know. But oh, this is a good game. But is it better than through the ages? Yeah, it, it's not fair to say. Oh, nah, it's not no, better no, than no, through no, the no, ages. No, no. Like, well, no there's a euro that you don't like as much as Great Western Trail, so you don't want to try. It. Like, but it's similar enough where I'd get that feeling. But I'd I'd still like to try this one. Um, it seems like a pretty solid one, and not just a lighter version of through the ages. There is enough differences in it that get something on its own but yeah i'll take that back if you could erase <laughs> through the ages from my mind i don't know about it or i haven't played it yet i'd be more apt to try this i'll work on that so we need the little neuralizer from men in black mm-hmm. <laughs> we can zap them with it and yeah. then you can open your batman snuggie and then you yep. just uh, what show them <laughs> <laughs> you just end up sh- showing me how to play through the ages again yeah whoops <laughs> Uh, next, we have number 111, which is Chronicles of Crime. A lighter weight detective game, a cooperative one, and it's a, it is app-based, so you need to have an app yes. to be able to, to play this one. Yeah, I'm sure it's a free app download. Have not played it. I'm usually not into this type of game, but how the app worked was really interesting, and you actually... You use that app for so much. I'd actually want to give this one a shot. I might actually enjoy this one. Yeah, it seemed cool because each card had like a little code on it. Like a, what are those? QPR code. QR code. Yep. So you basically snap a picture of it and then it'll tell you, like if you meet a witness and the app will generate how they kind of respond to you. So you might get different responses through different playthroughs and stuff like that. Um, so it just kind of seemed interesting how they mixed the app with the actual cards and stuff like that. Yeah, and another thing, like, you can, you know, say go to the actual crime scene. You can look around at it with your phone. You can kind of turn your phone, and yep. or, or you yep. can scroll as well, but you can actually turn it and, you know, kind of turn around the room and look at everything and then explain it to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of neat. Instead of just, like, usually it's your you're reading things that are there or you're reading, you know, someone's, you know, a, you know, person you're reading off like, oh, this is what happened here. But you can actually see some of it, which is a nice 
nice touch of this added by by having that app. So that part of it looked yeah looked kind of interesting there. So what do we got for one ten? Is Suburbia? Um, that is a game I do own. I, have you played it, Tim, or no? I have not. I've wanted to, okay. and I've tried to get you to pick it, <laughs> and I've tried to pick it, and then it just didn't quite work out. And okay, played it a couple times. I think it's okay. I do enjoy it somewhat. Um, the art is, pr- it looks pretty horrible, like just the game itself. So it's similar to Castles of Mad King Ludwig, where that the gameplay I didn't enjoy, but it's got nice art. This has much better gameplay, and I don't like the art. So if you could meld the best of two of them, they could be better. <laughs> this was one of the first games I got, so I think it was kind of confusing with some of the playing the tiles out and then remembering all the special abilities that the tiles have and them triggering was kind of overwhelming or a little confusing. Like, how exactly does the restaurant here work? Where now I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. Figured it out pretty easily. but So you kind of... You know, look at that Sim City, the board game. You're kind of building your tiles out there, and you want residential areas next to parks and just different things like that. You know, kind of combo stuff together, get population and money. Yeah, it kind of re- you know seemed like you know kind of a Sim City like type of you know but board game version of it, which I always enjoyed Sim City. So that part of it you know had me interested. Uh, so one I have not played, but I would I'd definitely be interested in, in giving it a little try. There it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's sitting right there. We can see it <laughs> right now. And the problem is, every time I sit here, I look right at it and I think, wow. I, it I is ugly. <laughs> I know it's ugly, but I've always wanted to try it's, it. And it just. Uh, I think I'd like it more now if I played it again. I've been tempted just to pull it off that it's shelf. A, it's just, a super short rules. So is not, it really? Yeah, it's not hard. I might play it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, stop waiting for Ryan. It's yeah, obviously well, I mean, Ryan's now I'm not, not going to make it happen. <laughs> At this point, I'm not going to be picking it. Yeah. That's your fault, Ryan, that I haven't played it yet. I apologize. I will consider apologize. your apology. Number 109, Lorenzo El Magnifico. It is a game that we've all played. Michael, you and I recently played it. Yep. We talked about it. Fairly in depth in a recent play. Yeah, it's a dice placement game, but you're rolling dice, and then everyone's using that same, all three of the same dice, and then basically you're placing your pegs, your colored pegs on the uh, on the board, and taking your actions. Uh, it's a game that I do enjoy. I th- think it will just kind of get better with more plays for me. Because I, the more I play it, the more I'm kind of seeing how different stuff kind of works together and how those different engines work. Yeah, you get, you'll get better at the game and just knowing the iconography more and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. I know we've talked about it before, Ryan, but the worst thing in it is in the rule book. None of the character cards are like in alphabetical order. They're all just kind of like mashed. Yeah. They're just kind of like no sprinkled in there at all. Just- Nothing at all. Then when you add the expansion and you got another sheet that's out of order. Yeah, two yeah. sheets that you're trying to find in no discernible order. Like, yeah, it's why. It's just irritating. It's really the hippo's hat right there. Just yeah. all over the place. No Again, rhyme or reason. Yeah. Yep. I get it? Nope. I, Not yet. Nope. 
No, nope. keep right. trying. I'd say good try, but yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe by the end, of, maybe we get to number like one or two on the top two fifty. I'll get, I'll get one that works. <laughs> so you're telling me we got more episodes of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this definitely wasn't part. open for that. Just edit them out. <laughs> <I wasn't. you laughs> All right, next one we got here is a game by Richard Borg. A little bit older, you know. I believe it was oh six. Um, number one oh eight, Command and Colors Ancients. Another Command and Colors one where it looks. Looks pretty blah. Uh, it's a, but say block game. I believe it's Rome versus Carthage. I don't know if there's additional things you can do, but I believe there's it's a just bunch that. of expansions. But the base game is okay. Kind of a more again a tactical war game. One thing I like about it, it seems like there's a lot of different kinds of units. So there's you know it's cavalry, infantry, yeah, archers, elephants, um, light, medium, heavy. So like there's so many different ones. Which I think gives it a nice twist versus some of the other ones. You know, besides that, it wasn't as interesting to me just because the again kind of a you know boring look to it. Um, but having those you know a lot of different units that do different things in that, I thought was kind of you know interesting. And again, uh, that command and colors style game with the the different movements on either flank or in the middle, um, kind of standard there. Yeah, so I like the uh, Command and Color games for what I like and like the lighter style war games. Um, yeah. I like this one a little bit better than Memoir, but I was kind of surprised how much I did enjoy this and Napoleonics, Tim, when we had played it. Yep. Uh, they're, they're different. They have different things about them, but the differences with them compared to the other Command and Color games, I really enjoyed. I found that kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, I would say the worst part about this game is a part I didn't have to deal with because I got it in a trade, <laughs> but that is stickering all the blocks. I stickered yeah. all of the Napoleonic <laughs> ones. So what did that, like the whole Star Wars saga, like all the movies, that's how long it took? Or or how many of them did you put on and did you like well, take it back off after like 10 of them where you just like, I'm just slapping them on there, I don't care? No, I took my time through it. I think I watched the entire series of Lost when I... <laughs> <laughs> As I did it, uh, no, but I, I didn't think it was too bad. I didn't mind it. You're you know, playing Paths of Glory, and then you're stickering, <laughs> stickering these. The four hours that it's not my turn. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it, it's both sides of those that got yeah. the stickers on, so it's like, yeah, oh man. So I got it's... it in a trade, and I was so glad I did because I was like, I did not realize how many. How much extra stickers. would you pay to get one used versus a I brand would, new game? I'd pay $20, honestly, to have somebody sticker that for me. <laughs> Whew. But yeah, uh, good game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I'd be, again, when I haven't played but interested in playing that one, seems like a solid one. Number 107 is a game by Uwe Rosenberg. He is on our Mount Rushmore of Gaming, for designers at least, and that is Aura at Labora. This is one I would definitely be interested in trying out. It's kind of his uh, medium-heavy line, where it's one of his heavier games. It looks pretty dry. Um, you know, it doesn't have all these nice meeples that, as much as uh, Caverna and Agricola or stuff like that has. But you know, you're kind of building buildings and things like that, and it looks pretty interesting to me. Yeah, the kind of the different thing with this one is uh, like there's a lot of different resources, but there's this resource wheel yep. that turns every time, which was really cool. So it 
basically it, it'll turn every round and then everything is then a little bit more valuable. So it's maybe worth an extra resource or something. Mm -hmm. And then say it's up to three. Well, now I, now I need to use wood and it goes down to zero. And then next round, then it turns again. So like that resource really, really, you know, really interesting to see like, you know, some of these things will get, you know, are other people going to take that, you know, and when do you use those? Um, that seems. Yeah. It's got the accumulating resources, but it's done on a, like a roundel wheel. instead. Yep. Yeah. That seemed really cool. How it kind of works. So I'd, I'd like to see how it works in practice, you know, like reading, you know, reading about it and kind of watching some videos on it. It's like, mm -hmm. Oh, that seems cool. But when we actually play, will I like it? I'm not quite sure. But definitely one that I was intrigued about. So when you say you take your uh, nine wood or whatever, do you at least get to grab nine wood? Or um, I believe it's they're like cardboard tokens that you take. Okay. okay. For that, the actual it's actually those little meeple things like in Cavern and those games. Okay. Um, that's on the actual rondelle, but the actual things you have are just the. All right, as long as I get to grab token. a big stack of, yeah, you can grab a big stack <laughs> of you know Something cardboard tokens basically. Sniff them a little bit. So yeah, that's one hundred seven aura at Labora. Yeah, that's it's absolutely one I definitely wanna definitely wanna play this. One hundred six I mentioned briefly earlier, so if someone wants to get me get it for me for Christmas, <laughs> that is too many bones. Tim's throwing out an expensive flyer. I'm going to throw out War of the Ring Anniversary Edition if anybody <laughs> wants to buy me that. <laughs> well, that is not on the list, Ryan. Fully painted. So 106, Too Many Bones, not <laughs> War of the Ring Anniversary Edition. Thought I'd throw it in there. Yeah, well. It's taking a flyer. Thought it might work out. It's worth a shot, I guess. You never know. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like a kind of heavier game in a I don't know it seemed yeah I mean, when you first look at it it doesn't look like it but when you kind of look into like kind of how it works it seems a little heavier than what I would well, first heavier think. than what you would think yeah, yeah. definitely what I saw is that it the basic mechanics aren't too complex but there's like a trillion rules like every player has a two-sided sheet completely full of things that are just specifically for them yep and how and, the different and, dice work yep and... there's like 16 different dice and every single side of every single dice has its own rule for every single character mm -hmm. so like yeah i like hundreds the and dice hundreds of rules. that yeah the customization of your character and stuff i think this would be a great one tim for you to pick up and i can just gawk at the components of it i like the art style that they yeah, slapped on for this one as well. Yeah, the components, the art, you know, the little mouse pad looking thing with mm -hmm. like cutout spaces for the dice to go in. Yeah, um, that stuff looks good. I, it looked to me like a game where there's just way too many, uh, too many rules. The, to, so yeah, the dice building role player game isn't my favorite, <laughs> and there's just so many specific rules for each specific person every time that. It's definitely not one that I, I would, would be not want to play it with into. Marv. Then I do not want to keep track of all the rules for him because you'd be cheating repeatedly. Well, it's co-op. So yeah, it, but it helps you, he, I guess. He's but... gonna make it too easy then. Yeah. <laughs> right now we got 105. This is a game we've um, by Glenn Drover and Martin Wallace. Um, kind of talked about other ones, kind of 
in this line the kind of remakes of different games. This one is Railways of the World. Uh, originally, it was there's Age of Steam and there's Steam. Yeah, this um, one looks more different though, where it's quite a bit lighter than. Yeah, it's lighter than the others. I think Age of Steam, the original one, was the heaviest. Steam was kind of in the middle, and actually can play it two different ways. This one, yeah, it's a lighter one. Um, it's more focused on you know just building the rails, delivering those pick up and deliver train game. Yep, yep, exactly. And then you're upgrading the engines so you can go further. Um, there's some bidding, but it's not as much as far as the auction as some of those other games. Not like Age of Steam where it seemed like you could go bankrupt and get eliminated from the game with a lot of time left. This one, or if not a lot of time, like eliminates you from the game and. So, so there's that, but this one doesn't have that. Tim, were you eliminated from Paladins in like round two, technically? I felt like it. Okay. Technically, <laughs> no, he could still, you know, be there and, you know, do some stuff. It, you know, it wasn't it was accomplishing like anything. You basically were eliminated, but it's like, oh, here's your participation. You just keep yeah, playing. Yeah, you keep know, it, you're keep doing playing, good. Put, those, game. put yeah. those meeples out there. Do some <laughs> stuff. Keep trying. <laughs> Maybe you'll get a point this round. <laughs> Ooh, we got another debt, huh? That's minus three. Yep. Right, sorry I got you off track. Yeah. But, yeah, this one. I, I threw a little switch, yeah. switch in there. <laughs> But yeah, this one like they're less less of a mean type game. So Tim, one you of the the three that we've discussed that have been on here, this one seems like to me I think would be a better chance of you liking than those ones where you're trying to screw people over with uh, and really not eighteen xx style. Uh, so I'm further away from that. We're almost done. I'm really starting to hit on all cylinders because <laughs> you're getting yeah. tired. <laughs> I would kind of agree with that. Obviously, without not, obviously without not. This is going to be a lot more bearable for you. This is two yeah. hours or less. So much yeah. lighter. This is just it's mostly pick up and deliver type game. Out of the trio, this one I would gravitate towards yeah. this one more. I think anytime I think you see trains, bad, you get as scares you. I think nervous. that's because Russian railroads. Yep. I remember you. Didn't want to play that because you're kind of like uh, I was like eh, train I, game. Well, I was thinking it was more along the 18xx yeah, style, and, and I was kind of game. right. Now knowing that, it's like oh, okay, you know. yeah. Number 104 is a game I'm not so sure about. Um, I think I might like it. I think I might not. I need to play it again. That is Inish. I've played it once with Tim and Marv. Yes. So it's a drafting area control game. Um, it's different in the fact where you have to declare you're going to win. Then basically everyone's going to pound down on you. It's like you say, I'm going to win and try to stop me kind of thing. Yeah. So I want to play it a couple more times because I think this is a game where it definitely is going to help repeat plays. And it's just a different feeling game than most of the stuff we've played. Um, the artwork is definitely, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I actually kind of like it. I hated it when I first saw it, but oh, yeah. actually seeing it in person, I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I like the art. I, yeah, it's like psychedelic or something yeah. it looked like kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Kinda. Psychedelic slash Celtic, mm-hmm. Celtic kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we played it just at once. I liked it, but I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm not quite sure... Yeah. How much I like it's it. Like maybe I didn't or, like it, or do or I where, like this? Yeah, where it's yeah. going to fall in that Madigal line of 
uh, you know, those style of games. But uh, I would definitely try it again. We might never know because it seems like this list is filled with ones that I've played once or twice and just kind of it flopped off. It really is kind of that <laughs> list. It's weird. It's a weird clump. Yeah, because yeah. you guys have a lot of games that you've played like years ago when yeah. I wasn't mm-hmm. really you know playing games then and have not seen any of them since then. But and yeah, the the Mad- I'm not a huge fan of those. Uh in this one I I like the drafting is a little different with the drafting too, where kind of yeah. unique where you, you pass one or pass you know, hit four cards, you pass three, keep one, but then you don't necessarily have to keep that other one. Yep. You could you put everything back into your yeah, hand. Basically you pass everyone you pass two of them and then you pass one and then you're done. So a little kind of different take on the drafting. Um, I'm not sure I'd like the kind of the battling in it. I'm skeptical on that, I guess. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But art looks cool. Yeah, definitely. Number 103 is Santorini. It is a two-player kind of abstract. Looks really cool, though. It does look cool. You're basically building the town or the city of Santorini yeah. you're, you're building yeah. up different levels uh so if i remember right you're playing different um gods or goddesses and they give you different special powers throughout the game and depending where you are you can build up parts of the city and then i think if you cap off you <laughs> score points when you <laughs> you score points when you put the roof on the blue roofs yeah, you want to finish the no, cap. No, you. What it is oh. is there's um there's it's two. Gotta ruin everything. Yeah, he just ruined. <laughs> it. Sorry. Yeah, that's totally not it. Um, so there's two characters. You move. You you place a part of the building, and then you can. Then when you move, then you can jump on the first level the next time before you place. I thought so to win, you three want to cap off. Uh, no, so we'll when get to the, it. Come the on. Third. <laughs> So you could first level, then if there's a second level, you can jump up to that, and you have to jump onto one that's a third level built. But if you build the third level and then you can jump on it next turn, the other person hopefully is going to have their they're going to try to have their character next to it so that they can cap it off. So you can't jump on and win the game. Once you jump on uh, the third level without the dome, stops you from. Yep, exactly. And the the gods do different things, give you different specials in that. Um, so you want to get on that building without the cap, Tim? Yeah. Okay. Get to that third level. Um, yeah, it looks looks cool. Reminds me of the, I've you know I've been there, but the pictures I've seen of Santorini, <laughs> which looks looks just awesome. So. Yeah, I uh, would like to go there. I don't really care <laughs> yeah. about playing this game, so that's probably when, why I didn't know about the cap rule. So if Aaron uh, gets this game. Is an abstract I game? Would, would you play? I would want to play it more than most of his abstracts. Yes, I think I would like it more than almost all of them. <laughs> okay, but that doesn't say a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I like two of them of his like fifteen. Yeah, yeah not... I don't know how I feel about it. It looks cool. I think the special abilities is what's going to make or break it if yeah. I enjoy those or not. Which I think I would, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, just the kind of the the 3D aspect of it too, where it's not just like pushing things on the board. It, you're also you know moving up, and you can actually jump down too. So you know, I can kind of try to block people in and stuff. So like the yeah, the, we'll might see. be interesting. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe who knows? Aaron comes up to me with a trench coat. I'm gonna tell him to put it back on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
now that that's settled. <laughs> uh, next, we got number 102, uh, another game by Eric Lang. You go, uh, Tim, favorite designer. Yeah, he's, yep. he's hitting he's it. He's rocking it. Yep. We've this, all, this one is a good one, too. We've all played this a lot of times. This is uh, one of your favorites, Michael. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not not my game, but, you know, Tim, I know you really like it. That's uh, Chaos in the Old World. I really like it as well. Mm-hmm. That's come around me a little bit. The last, From a, last what, a plays. three to a five? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Just because we forced him to play it so yeah. often. <laughs> played so much. Now I'm starting to you know, get some of those guys. Or actually kind of liked it when we switched to the the new deck or whatever, so nobody kind of knew the cards. So it's more <laughs> of an even, even playing field then. <laughs> know what things are out there with each you won your first game of this, or something, which is typical. But yeah. it could have just been yeah. like, well, he's not a threat. He doesn't I, know what he's doing. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Long. Everybody's like, ah, yeah, he's he's yeah. not going to do anything. And then actually <laughs> yeah. did. So he underestimated me, I guess. So basically in Chaos in the Old, old World, you are playing ancient old gods, I think. And you're basically, you have different goals. So you're trying to corrupt or... Um, two different ways you can win yeah so there's a dial dial advancement victory so each faction has their own special way they advance these dials on the board Uh, so if you get a dial advancement victory you automatically win otherwise I think it's the first 250 victory points yeah 50 is the victory point thing and then you know there's tiebreakers and things like that right uh, and it's in kind of an area control game. You're playing different uh, chaos cards throughout the round. One thing that I do really like in this game, uh, also Blood Rage has it, Cthulhu Wars has it. It's the power track. Power where points the, yeah, the power points, the prayer points, whatever you want to call them. But basically each action that you're going to take or each card that you're going to play, it has a certain amount of points that you have to spend. And basically you can keep taking actions as long as you can spend power points to do those actions. Once you run out, you pass. Once the whole table passes, that's the round. I really like that in games while you're kind of ticking through and kind of figuring out when the best time to you know, bring out your big beefy elder god or whatever it is mm-hmm. and you know, they give you special abilities and you're just hacking and slashing at everyone and it's just um it's a it's a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely one that you wanna play at least a few times to know the cards, what each player or each faction basically is trying to do or what they specialize in. That'll definitely help you. Yeah. Might bump it from a two to a four for you. Yeah, might uh, dramatically improve up to a game you're not that interested in playing. I imagine <laughs> that it's probably very hard to find a copy, though. Yep, and if you want to get the expansion, that's even harder, yeah. which is unfortunate. You can either get Cthulhu Wars, which ain't going to be much cheaper, be a lot better components, or Blood Rage is similar in the PowerPoint and Asymmetrical Faction. Ish. I mean, that one, you're building your asymmetry yeah. during the game. So Number 101 is Ticket to Ride Europe. I don't really like the bigger Ticket to Ride maps nearly as much as those smaller, tighter ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like Ticket to Ride that much anyways, but meh, 
It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Ticket to Ride. I mean, not much more to say about it. It's yeah, just the small Europe map. So, yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's like stations and things like that. Um, I would prefer the, when we had the Nordic countries one, I think. I haven't played yeah. none of them, but that would be one I would prefer. To, you know, the theme too, but like the the board. It's, board it's snow. Snow on the board. Yeah. <laughs> Something <laughs> fits with the time of year it is right now, I guess. There you go. <laughs> So, how many of these have you guys played? So, I counted Codenames Duet because... Well, I gotta, I gotta tally that off then, quick. I mean, I've played Codenames, it's just a... Okay. I've played Ticket to Ride, so, you know, there's that. So, I've played 13, I've played 15 if you count the different Ticket to Ride map or different variation of Codenames. I've played 14... I've played five, two if you count five other ones like that. Man, yeah, these there's so many games on here that you guys Jeez, played, Michael. but haven't played in like four years or something. So like, oh, now all of a sudden we're gonna play yeah. with like him because I'm here. Boo, yeah, boo, boo. Yeah, Look yeah. at me, I'm Michael. Yeah, I make everything for fun. me. <laughs> a lot of these I I don't need to play, so <laughs> not necessarily the case. It's just I haven't. <laughs> what is your favorite of the group, Tim? I don't think uh, it's gonna be any shock. You don't think it's going to be a shock? Uh, Arcadia Quest. Yeah. <laughs> Michael? Um, the mine? five that you've played. <laughs> <laughs> kind of seven, but yeah, five. Uh, Dinosaur Island's my favorite. Uh, Chaos say. in the Old World for me. That was not my favorite. Okay. <laughs> it was an option, though. I had 20% <laughs> yeah, chance it was, of winning. It was, my top, it was in my top five. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, came in at fifth place, just ahead of, or just behind Cosmic Encounters. What's the one you least want to play that you have not played? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. You got me on that one. Probably Railways of the World, even though... Really? Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. You know, I mean, I mean that's fine. I just other one maybe Santorini. I, the train's really scary that much. Does it really make you think? I mean, your boys love Dominic. Your oldest boy loves trains. I, I, have, I know. He's just so sick of them now. Anytime you see trains, you want to vomit. Or it might be, but <laughs> I think part of it is just I think it's a boring theme to me. So it's like yeah. it just doesn't. Laying track it's got good components. Yeah, it doesn't look as terrible as some of those other oh, games. Oh, it's got like, like big age. trains and other other yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, you know, almost overproduced. We'll see. But I was just asking. Maybe I won't see, but all right. You never know. Right? What's uh what's yours? Paths of Glory. If I had to play Santorini for 8 straight hours, <laughs> I would say that. So I guess, you know, take that <laughs> yeah, I mean, however you want. If you play a twenty-minute game for eight hours straight, <laughs> that's a pretty light abstract. That's not really fair. I, I'll say I think I would like the game. Fifty-two plays of Santorini or one play of the game of Paths of Glory more, but the time length and yeah, just yeah, yeah. In the right situation, I want my like if. If, like my, I, like I said, my if brother I'm retired Kevin, or I got a month off, I'll play My brother it. Kevin was in town and had a few days off or something he wanted to play. I'd absolutely play, and it, I'd probably have some enjoyment yeah. out of But, 
I'm going to make him read the rules and explain it to me. He ain't going to do that. <laughs> he's he's going to make you read them, and then he's going to ask you a bunch of questions. Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, mine? Um, you got a lot to pick from here. Yeah. Well, mine is going to be a game that I am not going to get Tim for Christmas. It's too many bones. just seems like there's too many... Too many rules. Specific rules for each. Too many bones. Everything that come out. It's too fiddly for him. Uh, yeah. The ticket to ride is more fiddly if you yeah, ask Aaron. Yeah, but. That's true. Well, Tim, doesn't look like that flyer you threw out at Michael. I don't think he's going to be grabbing that one for you. Well, I mean, it looks uh, the pieces are cool. You know, all that stuff looks awesome. Just for that type of game, I don't want one where there's 150 different rules for each character. But if you got it, you know. If you gave it to me for Christmas, you wouldn't have to worry about reading the rules. I would take no. care of that. Yep. Tim could snuggy up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Nope. <laughs> no, what, I'll play it. <laughs> one do you guys most want to play? Tim's going Railways of the World. <laughs> <laughs> really throw you off. Too, well, many, too many bones. I mean, I can't put it on my <laughs> Christmas list and not, you know. Well, I hope you don't get to play it. Or actually, you can play it. That's fine. I just, I'll pick something else. Mine is Or at Labora. Um, Uwe game uh, did have a honorable mention it was actually Jaipur a lighter type hmm. game but it's not going to top top Aura but uh, that one I'd like as well yeah for me it's uh, Aura Labora followed closely by Near and Far and I do have one of them in my collection already so I could solve that problem if I really wanted to but I probably won't <laughs> so hopefully someday <laughs> No one to blame but yourself on that one. Yeah, that's correct. That's, that's a lot of things. <laughs> I wish I could blame other people, but I just can't. <laughs> Not this time. All right, dual winners. I think that's going to kick it off for the day. Wrap like, her on up. Yep. yep. Let us know what you think of the new format. We're open to ideas. And if you want to get a hold of us, send those to dualwingames at gmail.com. Join the Board Game Geek Guild. That's Guild 3471. We gave you details earlier in the episode on how to win Paladins, so go there, enter that. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. And we're going to see you guys in a couple weeks for another episode. Yep, so if you just tuned into the end here, um, looking for the uh, contest thing, you're going to have to uh, have to go search out that uh, contest. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, on next episode's Table Talk, we discuss... How do you describe the hobby to a non-gamer? And we review Lockup, a role-player tale. And remember, when you do a win, everyone wins. You know, all this trench coat talk and snuggy talk, I really hope someone does not approach us at Origins next year. Oh, man. I just hope someone does. That'd be great. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, have a good night. Or good day. Or good morning. what he's doing kind of just go in then go back out with the i don't even think you have to get an artifact this one you have to you have to get an artifact in clank okay well what am i talking about no apparently not the same game no guess not (laughs) you want to start that over